G'day and welcome to On The Esky, a sports podcast where we like to wrap up the week that was in sport, have a few scooey scooey moy moys and talk some absolute dribble. The Ashes are here, boys. It feels like we've been waiting an eternity, but they are here. We also have India and New Zealand and Big Bash Show. Cricket fans, strap yourself in and feel the G's. NFL Week 14 preview, the pointy end of the college football season. Surprise, surprise, Alabama are number one. We had the week in soccer and the NBA. The Champions League group stage is done. No Barcelona for the first time in a long time. Plus a massive final round. We'll take a look back at Aldo and Font and preview the huge UFC 269 card, which will happen Saturday night in the US and uh, Sunday, our time. Uh, and looking at the back at the penultimate F1 race, we're looking forward to the last one. Please remember yep. we have timestamps. Skip the sports that you don't like. It, listen to the ones that you do. And if you wouldn't mind chucking us a subscribe on the YouTubes or the Instagram, that would be much appreciated. I have Definitely. the best research man in Australia, possibly the yeah. Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> a young Jamie Vernon, if you will. Monkey Magic on my left. And big shoes to fill. And I have Sean here on my right. Boys, how was our week? Very good. Very good. Uh, lots of sport as always. Um, real sexy week in sport, wasn't it? Oh, a lot, big. A lot happened. A lot, a lot happened. happened. Yeah. Like we, we mentioned it last episode, you know, the F1 race, uh, the Ashes starting. NBA, NFL, like the lot. You run through the intro, like there's shitloads um, <laughs> that happened during the week. So, of course, we'll get stuck in in a moment. Monks, how about your week? Yeah, crazy, crazy busy. Um, bit, of, bit of big news. Yeah, big news. Um, in lots of debt now. Mm. Bought, bought my first house. Townhouse at that, though. Um, <laughs> still counts. Yeah. yeah That's right. It's a building. In the market. So myself. Myself. <laughs> in the market. So, yeah, smashed out a lot of the big furniture last weekend and then just doing little trips back and forth. Uh, trying to clear out the old place, move, settle in in the new place. Um, already got plans for some stuff around the house, some landscaping, some stuff in the garage, home gym, all that sort of stuff. So Reno boys. That's it. Heading into summer holidays. Should have heaps to do. Welcome to the club. Um it does suck when you do open your bank account for the first time and it says minus X amount of <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars, but at least it's going in the right direction. That's so it. That's a positive. Um, as we like to do, we like to shout a beer uh, to reward mm. someone who uh, had outstanding performance during the week. Monkey, I may start with you, our new homeowner. Who would you like <laughs> to shout a beer to this week? Yep. Yeah. So not only just this week, but for quite a long time running um, in terms of performance, I am shouting out a Shouting a beer, sorry, to Kimi Raikkonen. Mm. He is um, finishing up his F1 career this weekend with his last race at Abu Dhabi. Um, so started his first race uh, back in 2001, the Australian uh, Grand Prix. Mm. First win was 2003. Um, last win was 2018 US Grand Prix. So it's been a while since he's had a... Um, had that top step on the podium. But still 15-year um, span of, of winning races. Is that's pretty, it. Pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, really good. He also won the 2007 uh, championship. Mm -hmm. Did have a little bit of a sabbatical in there. Uh, went across to, I think he went across to a bit of rally, a bit of NASCAR. Mm -hmm. Tried his hand a few other sports. But yeah, always came came back to F1. Um, a few stats, as I like to like to call out here and there. The stats man. The stats mm -hmm. man, yep. So he is number one in total entries in F1 at 352 races. Um, he also has the most starts at 348. Um, in terms of most races 
with a single constructor. Um, his third overall at 151 and second uh, for Ferrari behind the great uh, Michael Schumacher. Yeah. So one of the yeah. uh, most uh, – Biggest longevity, I suppose, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Out of any uh, any racer ever. And I was just checking it. Like, you got to remember as well, the guys he's now racing with, uh, take George Russell, I think was three uh, when (laughs) Kimmy started in F1. Three. Yes. Uh, Like Lando and Alex. You know, those guys, they're all in that, you know, three to four year age. I think Mick Schumacher's probably was two at the time Mm. um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Kimmy started his F1 career. So Lando Norris was born November 1999. Yeah. <laughs> not even that yeah. that old yeah um yeah so yeah huge props to a stellar long career um known as the ice man um not much to sh- in terms of showing emotion off the f- off the field off circuit um yeah. but definitely a lot of heart on the circuit great interviewer here Yes, a lot of it. one word answers. <laughs> bit of a Marshall and Lynch, <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, he did mention during the week that his wife's probably going to be a little bit more emotional um, <laughs> this weekend than he is. Um, we did see posts um, going around, um, so both him and Antonio Giovinazzi will be leaving Alpha at the end of this year, at the end of this race. Um, on Giovinazzi's ace, um, on his delivery on his car, they gave him a nice little farewell. Um, I can't remember what it was. It's it was it, in Italian. Italian. I might need to get you to translate that a little bit later. Uh, um, it'll be wrong if I. Don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Fair enough. Unless it's all swear words, then, 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 then we'll be sweet. <laughs> nah, it, it was it was nice. I think it was sentimental. It was like nice goodbye. But yeah. then on um, on Raikkonen's car, they've just put on, dear Kimmy, we will stop annoying you. <laughs> very very good. Yeah. So congrats to Kimmy on a stellar uh, career. Enjoy the sauna. I imagine uh, the fin will probably be. Yeah, hitting up a few of those uh, in it. his retirement. Sean, who will you be shouting a beer this week? I've decided to shout a beer out to Tiger Woods. Yeah, so the the main story, of course, is he's mm. back um, doing the father son sort of internet uh, invitational. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main thing, of course, being his first kind of golf and golf tournament uh, since his big injury. Uh, well, since his uh, big car crash, yeah. you know, falling asleep at the wheel was essentially and rolling multiple times, having lots of injuries to his legs and back. So um, mm. impressive to see him even back out on a golf course um, and just as impressive to see him with his young fella mm. who I think... Pretty handy young Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Um, Would play better golf than me. Well, um, uh, than all of us. <laughs> and most people. How old, how old is he? Is he 10? Uh, 12? T- 12 years old. 12. 12. Yeah, he's pretty young so um i think it'd be awesome event for him to be playing with his old man um so yeah big shout out to tiger i'm pretty sure the last father-son comp that they played together which was you know it's father-sons of all ages i think they came fourth or fifth or something which is ridiculous (laughs) i think didn't an australian pair win the last one last year possibly that's a stretch maybe maybe might have to chase that one up but I think I the point, like, point. I feel like no. Yeah. <laughs> the point <laughs> that was an American. But yeah. chase that one up, the last father son uh, invitational. But my point being is, it's like great to see um, Tiger healthy, mm. um, getting back at it, uh, and especially with his son there in total Mate, as well. So big, good father son moment there. That crash was about nine, ten months ago, and Start of the year. I can't yeah. believe and it was that long ago. Well, and some of the chat- I can't believe it was that short ago. Like I was just like, I remember <laughs> flown it past. You reckon? Yeah, it's well, flown yeah, past. It's flown and past it was so a quickly, massive, yeah. massive accident mm. as well. Yeah. And a lot of the chat was, you know, is he going to be able to walk yeah. again? So to be out yeah. there, you know, nine or months 
after or whatever it is playing. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really promising. And uh, 2022 tour, possibly, uh, you know, not out of the realm of possibility. Because yeah. what, Tigers now would be... He's late forties, yeah. Late, I don't. Yeah, he's because he won so much as a as a young bloke. I think he's only in his mid forties. To yeah. be honest, I'll chase that one up. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's really and it's good for for golf fans, you know, to 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 see, uh, you know, arguably the goat um, being back. He is forty five, so have accomplished a lot for for a forty five year old man. Yeah. So if we're talking PNC Championship, Justin Thomas That's right. uh, and his dad uh, won it last year. Um, so, so, <laughs> so so a current pro and and his old mate. So going the other yeah, other way, which, other way yeah. which is uh, which is nuts that that, that a twelve year old <laughs> kid and and uh, you know the arguable goat uh, came what four, uh, was it fourth? So I'm assuming I'm assuming not Australians. I had that wrong. Yeah, they're Americans. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's you win some, you lose some. Yeah, just just confirming. That's why we got the <laughs> that's why we got the fact checker on the end. I'll tell you who is Australian, Samantha Kerr, and the uh, person that I would like to shout a beer, a Hawks underdog lager. Uh, it's a good drop. Uh, great yeah. prime minister, possibly the best one that we ever had. Um, yeah, <laughs> underdogs. You know, if you want to get around an underdog uh, podcast, you know, get at us. Uh, be happy to drink a case of these each week. But good shout, good shout. Yeah, uh, Andrew Simon's actually. Um, beat me to it Big Roy <laughs> uh, He's known for his uh, Demolition of Pitch Invaders As well The old hip and shoulder As well as beers And uh, beers yeah. And fishing And being just a general larrikin uh, Good yeah, lad Yeah good lad Old Roy uh, But yeah If you haven't seen uh, Samantha Kerr uh, Apart from In the last sort of Fortnight uh, Scoring a brace In the FA Cup uh, mm-hmm. Coming third in the in the women's Ballon d'Or, uh, she hip and shouldered the fuck out of this fake Jarvo <laughs> that ran onto the field, taking selfies at uh, at one of the uh, the women's uh, EPL games. And Sam Kerr has just so she just sort of slid up there. She didn't come running in hot, and then has delivered a perfect hip and shoulder. No attempt to wrap up. Uh, shout out to Michael Stevenson, <laughs> mate of the Esky, a good mate of ours. Uh, Magic Round, uh, Peter Valandis, would have, this would be five, six weeks probably. Oh, it's a flag in the NFL, blindside block here. Blindside so. block, yeah, <laughs> rug, that's a career ender in rugby union. You'd probably have fucking have to do community service if you did that in rugby union. Uh, you're not even allowed to have a head clash accidentally in that sport. Um, so, uh, yeah, shout out to Samantha. That is an excellent shot. Um, I've got to say a shout out to security in this as well because he got up and then still makes off without even getting touched. So English security, man. There's a, there's a security yeah. problem. There's a problem. There MI6, they need to get together and they go, and this Java cunt has, <laughs> has, has, has infiltrated every sporting event that we've held this whole year. And we've had two streakers uh, so far during the, uh, <laughs> the first three days of play in uh, in the Ashes, which we'll talk about in a second, who have absolutely gotten their blocks taken off by the Aussie, Aussie Seckies. Uh, mm-hmm. So don't know if that says uh, something about the, the security uh, blokes over there in England, but our Aussie security right. boys definitely can put a shot on. That is for sure. That's oh, it, yeah. They live for it, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're just <laughs> chomping at the bit, you know. Yeah. They're like Chief Wiggum's dogs, you know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been teasing them, haven't fed them for ages. <laughs> just ready to go. That's it, just waiting for the five minutes of fame. Um, that was a Champions League match against Juventus. Ah, so big, so big yeah. game, big, big game. game. She, yeah. she got a slice of cheese for it. Yellow, she did. Yeah, yellow that's, card, which is... 
yeah. weird, I guess. But uh, <laughs> don't yeah, understand that one. Mate, she should have got a fucking promotion. <laughs> 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 she should all the security, all the security that was working there. She should have got all their wages as a bonus, really, because she did yeah. the job for them. But no, in all seriousness, she's having a stellar career. She's a legitimate superstar um, in in female soccer. Um, one of the, one of the best women's uh, soccer players in the world, and obviously can uh, deliver a good hip and shoulder. So uh, mind yourself if uh, if you get on the wrong side of Samantha Kerr. Well, I, th- I think the story is watch out for those Australians. It <laughs> doesn't matter what sport it is. Mm. You end in that pitch, you fair game to it to the Australian. <laughs> At Andrew love Simons. it, yeah, love us, your yeah. At security guards. At any Aussie <laughs> rugby league player that would murder most mere mortals. Yeah. Uh, with, with that, I think we probably should talk about some Australians and we're going to talk about the Ashes, boys, because the Ashes have officially started. Let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah. We've been... Kicked off on Wednesday. 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 Friday night uh, is time mm-hmm. of recording, so we are three days play in. And, boys, uh, we had the perfect start, didn't we? <laughs> just, just before we get to that, the toss. A big toss. Mm-hmm. England win it. Joe Root decides to bat. It's one of the greenest decks that I've seen at the Gabba. I've been in Australia e- for a while. Ever. Like, like, yeah, like in, in, in recent memory. We've got very a green. bit of La Nina action happening down here. It's very wet. And it did uh, it did rain the end of day one too mm, in uh, okay. Brisbane very heavily. Well, it's, a, it's a Cardi B song down here at the moment, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so, so an interesting decision there from the England skipper. Historically, you bat first. You bat yeah. first. Gabba mm-hmm. Tess, it's normally a road. Um, Nasser Hussain famously uh, chose to bowl and they got absolutely dicked. Um, so maybe Root was a little bit scared of that, but it probably didn't play out too well. Um, yeah. Not to start with. Not to kick the off. first ball. Yeah. The first ball. <laughs> you, this is one of those moments, I think, that you'll, re- you'll remember where you were. You know, it's, it's like... Uh, Harris getting uh, Cook first balls, like Peter Siddle getting a hat-trick on his birthday. It's it's one of those classic cricketing moments. Uh, the first ball of the Ashes. We haven't played test cricket for 11 months. Every Australian man and some women are horny as fuck. <laughs> and, uh, and Mitch Stark comes in, puts one on leg stump, yeah. Probably should have got the punish, but probably should have been uh, dispatched by Roy Burns. He forgot where his leg stump was, and uh, he goes first ball. I heard it on the ABC radio at work. It was Jim Maxwell calling it the great Jim Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't as fired up as James Brayshaw. <laughs> his call was elite. Off your trot, Burns. There was everyone going mad there at the Triple M studio. Uh, an unbelievable way to start an Ashes. It has happened before, mm-hmm. a wicket on the first ball of a series. Uh, I think you have to go back to the 1930s for it um, to have happened in the Ashes. So historical moment there. Rory Burns going uh, in the wrong side of history and Mitchell Stark uh, getting us off to an excellent start. Mm. Uh, David Milan went pretty soon after that. Not a bad nut from Hazelwood, but probably could have left it alone. Obviously, Easier, you know, said than done. Yes. Alex mm-hmm. Carey gets his first catch uh, mm-hmm. as as an Australian wicket keeper. And he's been very safe throughout so far. Yeah, no, which has been no, very no impressive. problems. No problems uh, so far. You know, it's been back to the quicks. Uh, you know, hasn't been up too much for for Lyon. Uh, hasn't been really. Tested, yeah, tested. Just he hasn't yet. had to fly around a bit. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. But uh, that'll yeah, come. But we'll. So far, safe. So far, so good. Uh, and boys, the big one, Joe Root. His calendar year is officially the best calendar year uh, from any Englishman ever. Uh, he's been absolutely killing 
uh, killing it in these tests against India. And guess what? He went for a quacker. That ball from Hazelwood was absolute sex. It made it made him play. It was just just fuller than a than a good length. A touch of sweet, like not enough to miss the bat. Schnicked him up. Got the most dangerous batsman. Uh, definitely on their team and possibly, oh, possibly in the world at the moment. And yeah. England were in all sorts after that. Uh, we did see Ollie Pope and Joss Butler uh, kind of steering the ship a little bit, getting them out of, you know, it did look like it might have been an under 100 kind of uh, day uh, for the Poms. Yeah, well, that's a, what, 70-odd from them really was half their score. So. Steered the ship. Yeah. And Ollie Pope, uh, maybe a little bit surprising. Bearstow admitted for Ollie Pope. They're pretty much the same bloke. Maybe they, they picked Bearstow and Pope just went out and just said, yeah, fuck it, I'm, I'm Johnny Bearstow. <laughs> Shout out to our uh, Red Nut listeners. They're very, very similar in appearance. Um, yeah, so they, they kind of contributed a little bit. Butler, he just, he's like Richard Punt, isn't he? That it doesn't matter doesn't what, give a fuck. what the game situation is. You know, you're going out there, you're five for fuck all. You're probably, you know, shitting your pants. He goes, no, 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 no. I've been one of the best white ball players for the last two years. I'm going to play my game. He was striking it well, playing some shots. Uh, he come undone and, uh, and Chris Wokes offered a little bit of res- resistance, but England, 147, not, not much to write home about, although... You know, could, no. it could have been worse. The classic, we've been talking about it all year with the speculation around Pat Cummins becoming captain. Can you have a fast bowler as a captain? Yes, <laughs> you can. A, if they're hot as fuck. And, and B, if they bring themselves on to clean up the tail. <laughs> so, so well done, Patty. Get <laughs> the He let Starkey and Hazelwood clean up, you know. But, and, and look, I'm, I'm just having a bit of a laugh because Cummins did dismiss, I think, two uh, of, of the top and middle yeah. order. But then he goes, yeah, yeah, tail's in. I'll have that. Thanks. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. See you later, lads. And, uh, and then, unfortunately, rain did wash out the rest of play on yeah. day one. So, as mentioned, England did finish for 147 on day one. No batting from the Australian side. I'm glad we didn't have to go out there because if it had rained for three hours and we had to go out there and play in dim light with moisture in the ago. air, yeah. yeah, 10 overs an hour or so, uh, I'm glad that, you know. Sounds very like English conditions to me. Indeed, uh, indeed. So, uh, day two kicks off. Um I will come back to the Cummins point on his uh, captaincy mm-hmm. when we start talking about English second uh, innings mm-hmm. and where that's going. Mm-hmm. But perhaps how do we go on day two for the Australians? I think um, the good old Marcus Harris it may be a little bit concerned. Yeah, look, it's one innings. I maintain that ha- they've, that they've picked There's him. I think they'll give him two or three tests. Uh, unfortunately, there is a – What's there's, the stat doing the rounds of all – the 223 openers, he is the 223rd average, worst average of the lot. So he's, it, he's no, dead last for openers for Australia. Oh, no, I remember this one. It was, uh, that, so there's 233, 233 mm-hmm. three guys that have opened 20 innings. That's yep. that's the minimum. He's 223. Yep. So he's off to a very, very poor start. Um, so I've got here, he uh, has the lowest average for an opening batter in the last... 139 year history of the Ashes. <laughs> that's Ashes history. That's, that's, that's Ashes history. Yeah. Full caveat. But, but look, that the, they see something in him, and I I think obviously pending this second innings, I still think they'll go with it uh, with with him for at least Adelaide, and then moving forward, who knows? But the pressure on this bloke, yeah. dead set, his head noise would be 
not very good. Well, the, the, the chat was always Harris and Head, their spots. We'll get to Head in a minute. I think his spot's probably okay. <coughs> Harris, on the other hand, uh, is the question mark. But with that Australia A versus England Lions game that's going on uh, parallel to this. Yeah, concurrently. Yeah, no, mm. no real batsmen from the Australian side standing up in that team. Yeah, I think three, three or four of them made 30-odd, so no one banging down the door. And Usman didn't make any no, runs either. Yeah, I, I maintain uh, this is what I think Cricket Australia will do, possibly not my own opinion, uh, but I think Harris will be given two, if not three, tests to prove himself. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of pressure on, on, on the young man there. Uh, I tell you who did look solid, Marnus Labashain looked very good uh, in his 74. Well, and Harris's partner and David Warner as well. A luck, look, a bloke not, makes 94. You can't just go, oh, it was lucky, it was lucky. But it, it was uh, a little bit funny in that he got he got skittled by, by Ben Stokes quite early in the innings. For and, 17, I think. And it was a Big no ball. Yes, a lot of controversy around the calling or lack of calling of the no balls, if you will. There were f- the four previous balls were all, all no balls. The uh, the umpire hadn't picked up on it. The third umpire hadn't picked up on it. And Stokes, it was like he kind of knew that he'd bowled because he started celebrating a little bit, and then they were like, "Okay, you know, checking the no ball." And you could see even before they showed it, the emotion kind of draining out of his face. Mm. And it was a big, big, big noy. Well, he, he of course, was coming back into Test cricket himself, having not played in quite a while, probably lacking a bit of form and technique at this stage. Well, form in his technique. Yeah, but um, but, but a run up, a run up is not something that you should be fucking up. And as well, well, how much of this is on the umpire? If the umpire, the first ball of that so, of that over goes no ball, and he goes, oh fuck, you know, I've got to yeah, take this back, you know, ten inches. Yeah. Maybe it's it's. So it's I, a I think that that's probably my my point was you know. He, Initially for his run-up, yeah, he's probably just got it slightly off mm. by, the, by that inch. Uh, needs to just tweak that a little bit. Uh, but you, like you say, he if he gets that feedback from the umpire, then he probably does that mm. and then it's all good. Um, but uh, I, think, I think the umpires definitely rely a little bit more on um, – the, the third umpire in this case. The technology. Yeah, yeah. They, just, they just leave it and just, like, just play on. If it's like grievous, like I can tell that's a really bad no ball. Mm. Uh, I'll let it go. Um, I'll adjudicate. But a lot of the smaller ones are like, well, let that go. And if it does end up, well, we get, we'll get picked up. It's not well, every, every single one's meant to be uh, reviewed by mm. the third umpire. They reckon they missed like 14 yeah. on the day. Mm. Like, uh, oh, I yeah. don't, well, who knows with England fighting back, but I don't think 14 runs will decide this test match but it's something that goes down the wire that that could change the outcome of a test match and there's the whole chicken and the egg argument as well around you know had the first ball been called a no ball would he have them both exactly right exactly right interesting to see simon torfel uh they've been getting him on channel seven Mm. former umpire Mm. umpired i'd imagine over 100 test matches he was backing them up saying it's it's hard to tell uh on the field if um you know, if the foot's going over the line, he said the tech apparently was down. Yeah. Well, supposedly there's no Snicko for in this test as well, and we'll get to that in Hazelwood in a minute. But what are, we can talk yeah. about it now. Apparently they couldn't get into fucking Queensland. <laughs> they couldn't get the technology for Snickos. There's no, there's no Snicko. Do you know why? It's because it had the COVID and couldn't cross the border. Yeah. <laughs> Snicko has the COVID. Everything's got the COVID. The flag at the golf club's got the COVID. Yeah. Well, I, th- got it. 
I think for, I think for the umpire, like no ball is one of those harder things to adjudicate because you gotta <sighs> gotta look down, but then also look you up. Look down, look up, look down, look yeah. up. But also, umpires have been doing that for 120 years. Yeah. I suppose then the counter argument is there hasn't been a front foot camera for 120 years. Yeah. Maybe this is just a part of Test cricket. And if you were to go back, there what there would be 15 and 20 no balls yeah. that were never called anyway. And I think their preference is, of course, then to focus more on the LBWs and the, the actual sneaking. Well, okay. what, what's happening at the batter's end? Sure. Versus uh, having a look at here, I'd rather focus on that, knowing, of course, like you said, the camera would pick it up if I have missed it. And that's fine for the un- on-field umpire. What's the third umpire doing? He's on Pornhub. Especially in Australia. He's going, oh, it's fucking hot as fuck up yeah. here in Brisbane. <laughs> I need I a cold beverage. Can I get another four, four X's? <laughs> uh, also, the, uh, the first Ashes test in a long, long time to not have neutral umpires, both umpires being Australian uh, again, due to the cocoa, yeah, you can bring a you can bring yeah. a whole uh, English team in, all their support staff. Uh, Can't go to West Australia. Though. Uh, I think <laughs> f- their partners are allowed, but getting two umpires in, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, but yeah, that that is interesting. Uh, first time in a very very long time to not have neutral umpires mm. in the Ashes. Going back to David Warner. Luck or no luck, uh, it's uh, he got away with it. It's re- it was very reminiscent as well. Do you remember back to the Boxing Day test in 17, 18? He was on 99 and he absolutely popped one up <laughs> off Tom Curran. He was so filthy with himself and uh, he'd done about half the walk and on the big screen he goes, you beauty. And uh, he went back out there and he made 104. He only made five more runs, but he got, he got that yeah, ton. Uh, so he's definitely had uh, a bit of luck when it comes to mm. no balls. Uh, he also had a bit of luck from Rory Burns, who's got himself off to a great first two days. He, he dropped him. Sit is, sit is a word that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, this was pretty close. Yeah. It was coming quick, but you got it, You get two hands to that. You know, chest height probably should be eating that up. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of conjecture around David Warner in the 90s. A bit of an odd shot. One could argue, I suppose, that the ball got onto him a little bit quicker than uh, he'd expected, but kind of just, you know, popped it up to cover. And it did mm-hmm. sort of spark a, a mini collapse. Warner goes, Cam Green... Mate, I feel your pain. I've done this one before. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's in his head. He hasn't played test cricket for 11 months. He's gone, leave well, leave well, you know, put away the bad shit. He's been good in the shield. Like, he's scored great. a whole yeah. bunch of runs. He's like, been, he's been you great. think he, of most of the batsmen, he's the one that's done the most like red ball cricket and should have the form coming into this. Mate, but it's, it's hey. a part of cricket. Sometimes you leave and sometimes it takes you off peg. <laughs> I have at a much lower level, mind you, you know, probably facing 100 two clicks <laughs> not, <laughs> not 140-odd. Uh, yeah, I've had my off-peg uh, <laughs> taken uh, without playing a shot. Horrible way to get out. One of the worst feelings in cricket. Uh, so there, mm. there was a little bit of concern, you know, maybe uh, are we going to have one of those classic Australian collapses? Well, what were we? We were, we were 200 at two at one point and then we were 200 and something uh, with well, with five downs. So it changed very, very quickly. Well, Robinson took those those wickets back to back. Uh, so we were uh, we were three for one eighty nine when Smudge went, and then we were five for one ninety five when Green went. So we lost three for six. Uh, so a little bit of a collapse there. And as we all know, what happened didn't really fucking matter. Uh, Travis Head, uh, a lot of you know talk about would he make the side? Uh, had had been 
sort of groom. In, in that battle with... Battle, ba- battle with Kawaja and others. Um, you know, Pukowski be, being unavailable was yep. interesting. Uh, obviously, head a middle-order batsman, but, you know, could Kawaja open? Could Kawaja play five? Yep. There was a lot of mm. talk coming into it. Head got the job, and uh, and he, he came through with one of the best innings that I have seen in a very, very long time. He scored 100 in a session, which doesn't happen very often, but in that kind of circumstance... To come in when you've just lost three for six and, you know, everything's starting to go south after a good start and to go out there and play freely. We spoke about Butler not giving a fuck about the situation. Travis Head doesn't give a fuck about the situation. Uh, it, it was awesome, awesome viewing there late uh, yesterday afternoon, 100 in a session. Uh, he finished the day 112 unbeaten. And the, you guys see that beamer that he caught from Wood who, by the way, bowls absolute fucking wheels, regularly over 150 Ks. Very quick to apologise was Mark Wood. Uh, that one would have stung a little bit. Um, and also the stump mic cam, the stump cam picking him up. Uh, don't say it, don't say saying it. to see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> sounded like uh, clear as day to me. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, park cricket, you know, sort of Sunday social feels about that one. Yeah. Uh, difference is when I do it, I'm on two, you know. I'm not on, I'm not on 100. <laughs> Uh, but that was a little bit funny. I think the interesting stat, just going back to his innings as well, for an Australian, it was the second fastest innings in uh, by in an Ashes. Yeah, Ashes, yeah. And Adam Gilchrist was one. 106 strike weight, I think he Shocked me. So, Shocked yeah, me. Was just, again. You know who else who brought up his done quicker? Who? Jack Leach. <laughs> as uh, Ricky Ponning liked to point out on the Channel 7 commentary, yeah. uh, Leach only... <laughs> he, he, did, he helped the Australians out, let's put it that big way. Big time. He went at 8.4 and over. That is some 2020 kind of shit. Well, there, was, there was an obvious an obvious plan to target him, wasn't there? Well, there was eight sixes from the Australians through this innings. Like... They, when they took their saw their chances, they definitely took them. Well, well, and to be to be fair, the English quicks weren't that bad, especially Ollie Robinson. Mm. Um, and going back, we, we did sort of not we didn't really cover it. Stuart Broad uh, left out of the side. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Anderson has a calf calf, yeah. calf strain. He'll mm. be there in Adelaide. He's bowling in the nets. He's fine. What do we think about that? Broad was you know he was pretty much Warner's daddy in the last Ashes series. Obviously, in England versus Australia, a little bit different. He's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Do you? He didn't look too happy carrying the drinks. Do you think they went with their best three quicks, or do you think Broad still got some kind of role to play in this Ashes? Well, I, th- I think that's a chat that, um, though he's one of their highest ever wicket takers, over a thousand between him and Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, he's maybe not um, in their top four. And of course, Jimmy Anderson missing out. We, you know, the other three were the ones that got picked. So, yeah, I I tend to agree. I think maybe he's not he's he's not in that elite mob. I've been very very impressed with Ollie Robinson. I've said that before on the podcast. I stand mm. by that. Um, Mark Wood, n- none of them bowl as quick as Mark Wood so does. That's, that's the thing. Like, I was just thinking about it. like you wouldn't leave Wood out for Broad because they are different bowlers. You want you want that thunderbolt. Type bowler that bowls wheels. Yep, yep. Um, and then you have the guys that do the line and length. So, and Robertson's been excellent. Uh, Wokes seems, you know, he's been in the team for ages. And it so, hasn't been bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It hasn't been bad. And he so can he, and he can bat as well. Well, actually, it's true. Broad can bat. So yeah, they can all throw it around. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting to see what they do with uh, the Adelaide lineup, which is only I think they'll all that play starts next Thursday. So they only will get three full days of rest. 
Yeah, and well, mm. depending when this test finishes, but interesting. Well, interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll it, get to that. Well, it yeah. may finish tomorrow. Who knows? Two for yeah. two hundred and twenty. Th- yeah. This would be one of the amazing fightbacks if England well, were to, to manage to. We'll, get chat, a result we'll chat about here. that in a second about day three. But mm. um, I'd I'd say that it doesn't. The five of them. They'll all play through this Astros series. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll some get, kind of rotation some, palsy. Yeah, they'll get excellent some depth as well. It's it's probably their strong suit. Uh, we you know don't want to fucking rip on Jack Leach too much, but he doesn't seem to be offering too much. Well, did, and, did you see that? Did you see the Justin Langer quote? Uh, he, he said regarding Leach. Yeah, well, regarding um, the bowling lineups, he said mm. our big the, the big difference is we have a world class spinner in our side. Mm. <laughs> so, but you know, getting very to that point of like, hey. We've got Nathan Lyon. You guys got a bloke by the name of Lynch. He he's been the butt of a few jokes yeah. over the last few days. Has poor Jack Leach. Uh, be interesting to see if if he's even there in Adelaide. Mm. Um, we spoke about the streaker already. Got smoked by the Aussie security <laughs> guard. Javo, take note if you plan on coming down here post pandemic. <laughs> uh, the boys know didn't know how to put a shot on down here. Day three. Yep. Uh, this was today, Friday, yep, uh, and 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 this is when the test match turned from fucking everyone going five nil. They suck. <laughs> we're all over them. Suck me off, England. <laughs> like we, we, this is when it turned. So yeah, uh, head finish with 152. Start, well, and start. Right, right through the middle of the day as well. Because mm. sorry, I'll let you finish in a minute. Mm. Um, with the you know Australians putting out a really good score, having a good. Almost 300-odd lead, 283, I think it was. 278. 278. So, you know, like a really good lead to kick it off and then the English side came out. But finish off, with his, as you're saying, Stark, Not too much to say. Head, head went on. He got his 150. Yep. Uh, Stark hung around to help him out. Uh, I, was, I think I messaged you guys and I said, oh, geez, I hope Hazelwood can just hang around for a little bit and the head goes absolutely nuts. It was head that got out. Yeah, he, neck he, minute. Yeah, neck minute. He got he got skittled by Mark Wood, uh, 152 off 148. Uh, one of the great uh, knocks in recent memory. Uh, and then England go out there. Rory Burns didn't face up, which was interesting. I think that shows a little bit of head noise, a little bit of internal anxiety. Uh, pretty much every time I've ever gone out to bat ever, uh, I think uh, would have well, been going through Roy he, he was He was given out, I think, in the second over um, with the LBW, but that was... Good review. Good review. Good review. And yep. I was watching Channel 7 uh, and, and Ricky Ponting was on and that bloke is dead set fucking psychic. Well, he, he, he knows it. cricket, let's put he it that way. He knows cricket. Yeah, he's one of the best Australian <laughs> cricketers of all time. And he just goes, ooh, above the knee roll, might be a little bit high. Straight, That's the first thing he said. Yeah. And turns out it was above the knee roll and it was a little bit high. And it, it was kind of interesting because that's the old conventional wisdom, you know, above the knee roll. Mm-hmm. And and it, it turned out to be exactly right. And maybe on Australian decks, different to say in the subcontinent. But general rule, if it hits you on your front front pad and it's above the knee roll, it's probably going over. And he's saying, before DRS, that was the rule. That was the rule. You'd yeah. ask the bowler where did yeah. it hit and, and, and it came uh, through to fruition. So Burns getting away with one there. He missed out on, on a pair. Uh, he did only make 13. Yeah, it didn't last much longer after that anyway. Uh, he's, he's on toast. Uh, you know, Harris, Harris, we're talking about Marcus Harris having a bit of head noise. I think Rory Burns will, would be in that boat too. Oh, Hamid stuck around for a little bit, showed a little bit. Uh, God, he got out to a sh- 
That was a shit ball. <laughs> <laughs> that was Pat Cummins just putting it on his hip, uh, you know, just trying to sort yeah. of glance at the end of fine leg for a single. And he, uh, he, I think, it got his glove and went through to Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what were they at that stage? They were two for not many. They were two for sixty-one. Yeah. We kind of started thinking, oh, maybe this. I, I actually, I think I sent a text uh, to, to some of the boys. I said, if we yeah. get root early. Games today, it'll finish. Yeah, today. well, I think I was telling you, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of, if if it goes the way it did in their first innings, like this test will be done today, uh, and or you know, I think you said to me, I was like, oh, maybe they'll come back and it'll be over in early, the morning. That's what I was thinking, early, early tomorrow. But how how things can change when uh, Milan and well, Root, they both get in. Um, they faced yeah. a lot of balls to get their first fifty as a partnership, mm-hmm. um, but that by that point they were in. Um, yeah. Now, currently, Milan's on 80 and Roots on 86, uh, both looking at to turn up in the morning. Massive, um, massive partnership. Yeah. And I tell you what, the deck, it looks better now than it did on day one. It's kind of firmed up a little bit. It seems a little bit more consistent. Mm. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's better batting out there now than it was day so, one. So, go back to my question I was going to ask you about Cummins and his captaincy. Mm. What did you see in that last session um, with these guys kind of try, getting away from the Australians? Do you think is there anything lacking there? Did you see anything I think early? Or I'm a I'm a big big Nathan Lyon fan. I think he may have been a little bit overbold. Mm-hmm. I, there's, there was a lot. There, there there wasn't a lot of turn out there. Twenty four overs. Yeah, the others. Hazelwood only bowled yeah. eight. You know he mm. he he all Hazelwood. He's I know it gets done to death, but he's like. McGrath, he's McGrath, yeah. he's McGrath-esque. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was dealing with with some kind of strain or, or fatigue. Uh, maybe I would have liked to see a little bit more out of Hazelwood. Stark was being Stark, you know. He, he'd bowl one that where you just go, oh, geez, like that, that's going to take yeah, someone's head off or, or that's going to take someone's poles. And, and then, then giving free runs. And then erratic, you know, yeah. he, go, he goes for a little bit. Uh, interesting, a little bit of us as well. Uh, just on Mitchell Stark, little stoush between Shane Warne and, and and Stark. Shane Warne saying before the test that uh, he don't pick him. Yeah, he didn't want him to be, be picked. And then he came out on Twitter uh, today and said, uh, "Excellent bowling from Mitchell Stark. <laughs> They've kissed and made up and move forward." Oh, I think Warne knows what he's doing. He's trying to send a rocket at him, get him, get him geared up. He he's a talking head yeah. that is one of the best cricketers of all time. Yeah. So. Uh, that's kind of like what we do, but we've ac- accomplished nothing. Yeah, so, he's got a platform and he used indeed, it. Indeed. And, so, so, yeah, know. fair enough. Fair enough, Warney. Um, yeah, it does, he does get a little hard to listen to, I think, sometimes these days. But, so, but so, I, I can't critique too much. Yeah. I, I, as, as an overall, I thought it was the first two sessions, really, that England won mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the Test match so far. Um, Joe Root, he's one of the best batsmen in the world. Uh, he, he got done by Peach in the first innings and, yep. it, you know, he fought hard and, and deserved the runs. Milan, who is yet to be really proven yet um, at test level, uh, obviously an excellent white ball cricketer, um, you know, they, they both went at it. And mm. uh, and as an Australian fan, mm. I was thinking all afternoon, mm. geez, uh, you know, it went from we've got him on toast, we've got him on toast to need a wicket to, oh, geez, uh, you know, this is kind of swinging a test match a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of the point going into day four. Um, for things to probably look out for is uh, how does that, fi- how does that say, field position? How does the strategy from the Australian uh, 
team led by Cummins come into that day four? Does it, do they let it get away from them? How much does Steve Smith and like kind of uh, assert himself into that picture? Because the, the concern is the English will bat all day tomorrow, put 500-odd, give the Australians 200, 200 plus to chase mm. on the last day and actually you know, put this in a position of being a very competitive test. A lot's got to happen in that point. Sure, but, to, make, to make 500. Yeah, but, but if it, these it, two it turn be, up and they can't get them out, and yeah. like they, yeah. they, they'll, they'll look like they'll turn up in the first uh, first um, session. And if they can control that session, they bat through to lunch. Um, like if they bat most of tomorrow, they've got a weekends in hand. They could put a really good score on. I think the first hour tomorrow will be telling. The, the, the first hour, you you know, you got to go back out there. You got to restart mentally. You know, different going to be in the noughties very very soon. Different conditions. Um, yeah, I, I think the first hour will be huge. Monks, if you wouldn't mind just chasing up some live odds, we're still we're still in front. Of, oh yeah, we're, we're still in front. Favorites to win is definitely big time in Australia. Yeah, we're in a commanding that, that position, but we well. We were in a commanding position. We're in front now. Yeah. Just yeah, just. we still got. They trail by fifty eight, and these guys are in. Like you know, they've got to, they've got to reset tomorrow and, and go back about it. But they've re- this partnership is really starting to swing swing the test. Yeah, and that's probably the concern of the Australians. Let it get away from them. Mm. Uh, if Joe Root does what he did in India, gets two hundred, um, and then you've you know, and if, if he's got support around him because he's still got Stokes to come in, like the other, there's still guy Butler as well. They like to throw it around. Yeah, they definitely, can, definitely. They can put on some runs and you imagine know, you got 400 on the board and Stokes and Butler can come in with a fucking license. Exactly. Yeah, that that target of 500 is probably where they're aiming because mm, mm. that will give them a lead of what 220. I think um, quick math. Uh, uh, yeah. So ballpark. Yeah. So it, it's that. That's that's I think their goal tomorrow. And um, if they can do that, then they'll be. Well, hopefully, put the Australians in a in a tough spot. Um, they need, of course, we'll need wickets early in day five. Like, there's a lot to happen to sure. get there, get them that point. But if they can achieve that in day four, they've definitely swung the t- test match heavily back in their favour. Max, the odds, the live odds, courtesy of our not so sure if they're mates or just take our money sports bet. <laughs> That's it. So live odds at the moment, Australia is still a dollar four thirty nine to to win. Uh, England's out at seven dollars fifty, yeah. with the draw at four dollars seventy five. Um, and just to that midday today, so less than ten hours ago, mm. we were as short as a dollar four cents. <laughs> <laughs> They've swung it. They've swung it. I've got horrible memories of Stokes. You know, in the last Ashes, winning winning an unwinnable Test. I'm uh, just having a look at the Brisbane. Uh, weather courtesy of the Bureau of Meteorology. Uh, Can they be a sponsor? Or? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was just saying to you pre-show that they can't predict the weather for shit. <laughs> uh, I was actually saying uh, I had a rain day yesterday, right? Uh, you know, uh, didn't have to work. Uh, we what we had thirty to fifty mils predicted. Uh, I reckon it rained about two mil, if that. That might be that might be over. So I was saying to Max. Imagine if surgeons got their jobs wrong by a factor of 25. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, don't worry. There's only 2% chance that you'll die in this surgery, love. You know, that is substantial. But And then they're going, holy shit, it's 50% chance. <laughs> Fuck, we're losing our beep, beep, beep. Uh, yeah, very oh, interesting. This. <laughs> the, the, the weatherman, he, he rarely delivers. Um, so according according to the BOM, uh, and definitely not future sponsor of the ESCI, um, <laughs> it's government money, I don't know if that's allowed. Um, 
should be should be okay the next few days. Shouldn't be any rain delays. Oh, Queensland, they, they only really get rain of like a late afternoon, late evening anyway, so which um, would only affect the, the later sessions. So you, there should be plenty mm. of cricket played and they should get most of the test match in, uh, even if there's a little bit of rain. Monks, what's that note there at the end about the, the fifth test of the Ashes? Yes, yeah. So uh, Cricket Australia's finally made their decision and unfortunately for Canberra, uh, Hobart has uh, won that fifth test. So um, that will be played down there in the new year. Yeah, um, you know what? Shout out to the Tasmanians. I'm... I'm glad for them that it, yeah. it wasn't well, a, a, a as, double up on Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah, especially after That's Western it. Australia said, fuck that, we hate money, um, and it's gone to Tasmania. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think the double up, as we talked about last week, you know, was doable but felt odd. It just felt icky. It's, well, it seemed, seemed like a financial kind of thing, and apparently this is all uh, allegedly. Uh, so cr- Cricket Tasmania mm-hmm. has a one-sixth share in Cricket Australia because they're one of the six shield you know yeah, sta- yeah, states yeah. that play and they they said uh, from from the, our Cricket Australia money that comes in we're happy to match whatever projected revenue you think you would get out of a Melbourne or Sydney test mm. they were uh, scheduled as we mentioned last week to play Afghanistan they lost that test um, they haven't been getting as much cricket of late. Mm-hmm. Um, so any Tasmanian listeners on the Esky uh, here, uh, get down to the test, sell out all those days, um, take your sister, don't hook 100%. up with her afterwards, <laughs> and, um, and, and make it a really nice fifth test, please, and oh. thank well, you. I asked you this question earlier. Hopefully we're 4-0 by that point, but... It'd be crazy to think if we're going into the Tasmania test as a decider. Imagine a deciding <laughs> test in fucking Hobart, <laughs> Tasmania. That would be wild. It would be. Uh, uh, I'm still pretty confident it'll be wrapped up by then, but yeah, time will tell. Yeah, yep. someone clip that so we can use that later <laughs> when we're too old. Right. Um, and that's also planned to be day-nighter as well. Yeah, so two, two mm. day-nighters. And then who does that? At, you know, where's the advantage go there? England, probably their strength. They're quicks. They like, well, tas- they Tasmanian, like a swimming ball. Uh, Tasman- swimming ball. And Tasmanian England, weather. So, England, yeah. Tasmania, probably most reminiscent of English of English conditions. So, very, very interesting. Unfortunate for us Canberrans that, are, that, that the theatre of dreams <laughs> up the road, Monica Oval, misses out. But alas, uh, we will see the fifth and final test in mid-January down there in Hobart. I guess that's enough about the Australia and Ashes so far. We've got to finish – well, we've got to keep going with the cricket theme. Jeez, I could talk about it all night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. We, we, we're getting stuck in. Uh, but we've got to talk about the India versus New Zealand second test, which kind of ended up being a non-event uh, with the with the New Zealand team getting smoked in the, yeah, their yes, first inning. Yes and no. I wouldn't say a non-event. One of the most unusual test matches mm-hmm. that, that I've seen in, in a long, long time uh, Coley comes back, you know, we're talking about who would be in, who would be out for India. Something that blindsided us was was dropping or him having a <laughs> injury. hamstring injury. For those listening, I'm doing the inverted commas on the hamstring injury. Ajinka Rahane, the captain of the last test, the vice captain of India, mm. missed out. Uh, social media was going nuts. Uh uh, there was a lot of speculation around his form. Yeah, well, by all reports, his form's not been great of late. So, well, twenty-two test innings, two fifties. Yeah, in uh, and the last time he scored a ton was actually against us on Boxing Day last year. Uh, mm. Twitter, I did see uh, s- some funny ones uh, mm. this morning. Rahane found out that he was injured, <laughs> 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 or um, uh, 
<laughs> breaking news: uh, Rahane injured, and also the Earth is flat. Uh, they were some of my favourites. <laughs> I would love to hear from our Indian listeners. I know there's a few um, in the comments. Uh, your thoughts around Rahane, his place in the Test team? Uh, do you think he is injured? Do you think he got a little tap on the shoulder? Uh, and where do you think uh, Ajinka Rahane will be going forward? Mm. Kane Williamson. Well, just to finish up my thoughts on that, I think they've done the you know the political kind of move on. They've done him the solid instead of, hey, you you were a captain, you were our vice captain, um, instead of just saying you dropped outright because you've been shit lately. Um, they didn't Tim Payne him and release dick pics that they knew <laughs> yeah. about before. Yeah, yeah, they've gone. Hashtag conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah they've gone. <laughs> not, they've my, gone. Not, not, not my own thoughts, just <laughs> yeah, things just, that I've seen. Just pull, pull, do the red dog, pull the hammy at training and we'll just say that's the reason you, you're you not in the squad for very, this week. Very, very interesting uh, there. Uh, Kane Williamson, uh, New Zealand's best player by far, out with an elbow injury. Uh, yeah. You're never going to fare well missing uh, Kane Williamson. Uh, Darren Mitchell came in for his mm-hmm. sixth test. Uh, mm-hmm. was very good in the T20 World Cup. Tom Latham gets a gig, gig as the skipper. Uh, India made light work of it, really, uh, making 325, although a lot of that came down to Mayank Agarwal. Uh, we, we were even saying, oh, maybe Agarwal's uh, position might be in danger last week. Not anymore, I don't think. Yeah. 150, the third test for him. He's been in and out of the side. Uh, you'd think he's probably cemented for a few more now. The lot of pressure building on Virat Kohli. Pujara got a duck, but Kohli um, got got a got a duck uh, in the first innings. Uh, over two years since his last Test century. Uh, we'll talk about it quickly now as well. Uh, BCCI is saying that they want him to to give up the the ODI captaincy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he stepped down as a T Twenty captain mm-hmm. uh, last month. They just want to have one white ball captain in Rohit Sharma. Yep. Um, mm. Look, I'm not saying Virat Kohli is getting dropped anytime soon. But well, that, that was my question. If they he's removed from captain of the the um, fifty over format, mm. the one day is is he still in the side? I would say yes. So, sure. well, so, so well, it's yeah. not really. It's like it's a big like. It's nothing. No. Yeah. It's like hey, we we want you to rest and focus on Red Bull cricket. It's not really saying and, that at all. And, and well, I think it's just like a kind of like a media. Yeah, you don't con- have to do it. Yeah, we just. But want, he's still we just want, want, like, Yeah. He, well, he's one of the best white ball cricketers. Every second of, ad of in India time. is oh, is Virat Kohli. So like, he, I don't think about it. They love him. They love him. But in a in a test format. He's 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 struggling. He he really hasn't made uh, many runs for a long, long time. So interesting to see what happens with King Coley moving forward. Uh, one of the funniest moments out of out of this week in any sport was Ravi Ashwin reviewing after getting clean bowled. <laughs> he, um, he thought he must have been thought that he got caught behind. You know, he might have thought the death rattle was at going into the keeper's oh. gloves or something. Well, maybe he assumed it was funny to watch. Maybe he assumed it was Ben Stokes and he thrown the no ball down there. Maybe so yeah, just, just check yeah, the just check the check the no ball thing. So I'll use up a review on that. Oh my goodness, I was laughing. Uh, <laughs> old Tim, look. This probably hasn't aged too well, <laughs> c- considering what uh, Tim Payne's gone through the last uh, sort of month. Uh, but him against Ashwin last summer, uh, yeah. saying at least my teammates like me. Uh, it it kind of it, the more that you watch Ashwin, the more that you kind of <laughs> think that way. <laughs> he, he's a rare operator, yeah. a very very good bowler at that. Oh, definitely. Uh, but speaking of good bowlers, uh, mm-hmm. Asia has Patel. 
10 for 119. He bo- he did bowl 47 overs, so just about half the overs uh, in the innings. Uh, but he became the third player in Test history to achieve that feat. Uh, you've got to go, go back 22 years to mm-hmm. Anil Kumble in 1999 doing it, and then way back when to Jim Laker, the Pommy, in 1956 to take all 10. That's some fucking schoolyard shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> just getting them all. Uh, so shout out to him. He, he puts his name in. In the record books, unfortunately for the Black Caps, not much time to celebrate. They mm. got absolutely skittled. 62, uh, the lowest score uh, in India ever, mm-hmm. which for me was a little bit surprising. I thought some of the decks over there, you know, deteriorating, especially fourth innings. Yeah. I thought uh, maybe there would have been one lower than that. It was uh, New Zealand's sixth lowest score ever. Um Ravi Ashwin, four for eight. Mohamed Siraj back in the side, three for 19. Mm-hmm. Absolutely cleaned him up and uh, took control of this test match. Mm. Yeah, well, that was kind of my point there. That I was saying in the open, like at this point in the test match, we were like, oh, India's going to do this um, quite easily. Uh, they did follow that up and score another 276 runs mm-hmm. uh, for only seven down before. I assume they declared mm-hmm. uh, with, what, a handy lead of over 500. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Good luck, guys. <laughs> Just yeah. a cool 500. Yeah, <laughs> getting the boys a little bit of practice out yeah. there. Agarwal, uh, top scored again, 62. Mm-hmm. Um, and Akshar Patel, we've seen what he can do with the ball. He can, he can, he can hit one as well. He had uh, 41 mm-hmm. off 26. Uh, Ajaz, Ajaz Patel. Yeah, the Patel. Yeah, Akshar Ajaz. Uh, we got it. We got it. Uh, four for 106. So he finishes with 14 in the match. Mm-hmm. Second best in New Zealand history behind Sir Richard Hadley, who once had 15. Uh, New Zealand, they just fell short of that 500 odd <laughs> with 167. Uh, Darren Mitchell top scored for them. Ravi mm-hmm. Ashwin got four, as did Giant Yadav. So India heads off to South Africa. They have got three tests. Uh, starting Boxing Day and uh, three ODIs, I believe, over there. Whereas New Zealand comes home, they've got two uh, against Bangladesh, uh, who we'll talk about just briefly now. Well, in, we'll get in a second because the question we've. I love fucking up my segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you keep skipping ahead. Okay, um, all right, what are you going to cover? Well, we we've been asking the question, mm. and now the series has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, who is. Your number one test team in the world. Monks, if you want, you can find us the ICC rankings currently of who they've got won. But after seeing that result in that series and their recent form, who have you got as number one? It's it's an impossible question. <laughs> it's cricket in the egg. Cricket in the egg. The chicken in the egg. The chicken in the egg, if you will. Um, it's, it's a really hard thing because in India... For, it, who can beat him? Who can beat him? Well, but they're yeah. dominant. And That's I think what I was going to ask if this match was or test was played anywhere else. But would if we have seen not necessarily the same result, but um, well, a closer we s- match. Or we saw on neutral ground in England that New Zealand won. Mm-hmm. We saw in the first test it went to the draw. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very competitive from New Zealand to sure, do that. Sure. But then the second, they essentially got smoked. So, you know, where does that kind of lead? Because I think we've been saying they're one and one and two. Who is your one and who is your two currently? What do the rankings say? They've got India ahead. So, yeah, India's ahead now. Um, After 28 matches, they've got 3,465 points with a ranking rating, sorry, of 
124. Whatever what, what that means. Whatever that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's some kind of physics kind of, <laughs> like, you know, in year 10 where you just go and, it, it, oh, it, I don't it, get it any of this. <laughs> it's not quick math we understand. No, no. No, no there's nothing quick We struggle with the basic kind of stuff. Um, New Zealand? So New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, so in the, I guess, however they've been ranking. Uh, yeah, give us the numbers. It. So they've got, they play 25 matches. They've got 3,021 points. With a rating of twenty, uh, hundred and twenty-one. So what's the difference? Four hundred points. So it's like try it's, and work that out. But so it's a bee's dick in the, the conversation of was well, it three thousand and well, something? Well, it's a, well, it's, it's still what fifteen percent or something. Yeah, but well, then it, they've but got then this Australia, one game difference. But but Australia in that period have played seventeen tests and yeah. India has played twenty-eight, and it's not done off an average; it's done off a total. So who the fuck knows? Like these <laughs> rankings. Uh, I don't know. I like the player rankings. I think the player rankings yeah. make a lot of sense. Uh, but the team rankings from the ICC, hard to get your head around. Well, my thoughts as a team, I think I might have New Zealand slightly ahead based on the fact they won on the neutral ground and they did draw a match in India, which mm. is you know very impressive to do sure. uh, before, of course, getting destroyed. Whereas the flip side, you know, India lost the neutral ground. Yeah, um, yep. They you know, had played out the draw. Essentially, they couldn't get a win on the home turf in the first test and then did what everyone probably expected them to do in the second. So I think I just lean slightly. Maybe those 400 points, I think, are in the other direction slightly to New Zealand at this stage. But I I think they're probably clearly one and two um, from everything we've seen recently. I'll counter that point. I think I'll slightly go towards India. Again, this is apples and oranges. Uh, I think India, so dominant at home. I think away from home, mm. India tend to perform much better than anyone else kind of does. We go back to last year, obviously, getting a Australia. win on foreign soil here, uh, playing admirably in, in England. Well, yeah, uh, I think, I think, the, I, I think, I think that, their depth their depth at yeah, the moment. Their depth is crazy. But I, I think that, that England tests uh, really blue balls us. You know, getting a result in that series of mm. who's actually a winner mm. um, than finishing out with the draw, drawn series that it was. Mm. Um, and that, not having that decider. Yeah, exactly. Because None of COVID, of, like, yeah. at the ninth hour. So, so well, if they win that series, you know, I, 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 I'd swing the other way. I'd say, they, they, again, we just like the head. But since it's kind of ended in a draw, we didn't really get the clear climax that we needed. There's no clear <laughs> answer. There's no climax. <laughs> There's no climax. Australia hasn't played. We're playing our first test here since yeah. January. You, I don't think there's any way to do it other than the way that the ICC have done it and New Zealand won the World Test Championship. So they're the best test team in the world as far as I'm that concerned, is, even though yeah. I just argued <laughs> you for just India. Said it, yeah. <laughs> but that further proves my point that it's uh, it's, so it's not cut and dry. It's, yeah, it's so close. Uh, well, it's yes, you just said it. So. Pakistan did play Bangladesh. Interesting test match. This one severely rain affected there in Dakar. Uh, they destroyed them actually by an mm-hmm. innings. Uh, Mohammad Rizwan uh, chipped in with seventy six. Uh, they uh, interesting captaincy here. They played for the. They played aggressive. They wanted to win. They had li- mm-hmm. limited time. They declared for just three hundred. Uh, their top six all made twenty five plus. And then Sajid Khan, remember the name, in his fourth test went out there and made eight for. 42 or took eight for 42 i should say mm-hmm. pakistan in force to follow on uh and bangladesh only made 205 sajid four for 86 finished with 12 for the match uh i know obviously you know white ball cricket red ball cricket not the same thing but pakistan very very impressive in 
um, in the, the World Cup, uh, beating Bangladesh away there in the two test series. Hopefully going to get some cricket back home next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, would love to see Pakistan get to, you know, where they were at in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, when you had, uh, uh, you know, a Wazim Akram, a Waka It feels Yunus. like they're on their send a little yeah, bit. So. Yeah, Baba Azam is, is world-class. Mohammad Rizwan is world-class. Mm. Shane Afridi, Shane Shah Afridi looks very good. Um, I think it's good for cricket to have a strong Pakistan. Oh, definitely, because it's. We've talked about the other four. It adds a fifth. Um, South Africa, of course, have been struggling of late. So a little bit, a little know, bit. The we want to go back to the six. We essentially where well, South know, Africa. High quality South, South Africa has the talent. South Africa mm. has the talent. The administration <laughs> and the politics <laughs> and everything is, seems to be an absolute yeah. clusterfuck. But um, yeah, it, it, I think cricket would would benefit from having a strong Pakistan and a strong South Africa. Yeah, um, at, at that. Agree, definitely. Uh, Big Bash. Pepe, yep. do you want to run us through Big Bash? Because uh, I think we mentioned before they're missing some stars because of the Australia A uh, game being played against England. Yes, please. Uh, against the England Lions, which uh, England Lions were all out for 100 in a bit. Not very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Aussie squad in their second innings already have put on a 200-run lead. Um, so... Those guys missing out, unfortunately, the, the kick off the start of the Big Bash League. But what has happened in the couple of matches that we've had so far? Yeah, just to sort of reiterate that point, it really does change the dynamic of, of the Big Bash. Obviously, you never have the test players available. It always goes concurrently uh, with the test series. But then when you take away the next best 11, you know, the likes of a Mitch Marsh, a yep. Josh Inglis, mm-hmm. an Usman Kawaja, Nick Madison, Mitch Schwepson, to name a few, you start mm. kind of going, Oh, I was in this first match. I was looking at this Melbourne Stars team, and I'm googling guys. I'm going, I don't, I don't know who the fuck this is. This is a Melbourne grade cricketer. Like, like seriously, a few of these boys. Hats off to like hats off to them. They're playing yeah. big bash. They're getting you know out there, getting a bit of TV, uh, getting their name out there. But I was really struggling uh, because I, I didn't really know a lot of these blokes. Um, so in that first match, the Stars blooded six debutants. Uh, they didn't have Marcus Stoinis available. Uh, Marks, they're playing right now, if you wouldn't mind uh, bringing that one up. Uh, Dre Russ uh, has signed with them, so that might boost them with Stoinis and uh, Dre Russell in the side. But they got absolutely fucking dicked in this game. <laughs> um, it was the biggest ever ever uh, winning margin in BBL history. We're in the 11th year of the Big Bash, so that speaks volumes to how well the Sixers played and how much the young stars struggled. Josh Philippi, 83, uh, and Moses on Rex, 76, not off, not many balls. Um, they absolutely shitted him. Uh, game two was here uh, at Monica Oval, the Theatre of Dreams. The uh, the Sydney Thunder beat the Brisbane Heat. It always seems to be the same recipe with the Brisbane Heat. If you get Chris Lynn, you're in with a shot, and that's what happened. Uh, Daniel Sams and Garunda Sandu, very good with the ball for the Thunder, and Sam Billings and Alex Ross getting it done with the bat. I just got to help out the KO noob here. You got to go viewing options and then pick the two screens to then pop them out. To do the two. Yeah, no, just playing around with new set- <laughs> settings I hadn't seen before. You can, you well, can spe- speaking of noobs, I just brought this beer to my mouth and had a, <laughs> a cap on it. And there's our man Roy Simons. He's out there commentating. Uh, uh, so what do, what do they have to get? Their target's 166. They're two for 30 down. That is the Thunder chasing the stars. We will monitor yes. that uh, as we go. 
Uh, game three, the closest game so far, and um, pro- uh, early contender for catch of the series, Jake mm-hmm. Fraser McGurk. I think I sent it to you boys yeah. on the boundary. Got hops on him. Uh, who says white guys can't <laughs> jump? Uh, Woody Harrelson did in a 1980s movie, maybe early 1990s. Uh, that was a really, really good one-handed catch. Uh, Mackenzie yeah. Harvey top scored for the Gades. Um, they get the win there. Match four, the Sixers beat the Hurricanes. Uh, after a sloppy start, Moses on Rex, 73. He's off to an excellent start. Mm-hmm. Interesting kind of story here around on Rex. Uh, that South Africa tour that was meant to go ahead in March and it got canned because of uh, the Coco. Yep. Uh, he was in the the f- top fifteen. He was in the Australian Test squad. Yep. In that mm-hmm. nine months down the track, no Red Bull cricket's been played of note. No chat about him at all. And he's not in the Australia A side. So I don't know what on Rick's his personal thoughts uh, around that. Maybe a little bit hard done by. Obviously, an excellent white ball player and showing it here. Um, I did notice, though, with this Australia A team, they're looking at youth more so than than old heads. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, uh, for example, is not playing Australia A. Um, you know, a few no of, Wade, I don't think either. No, no Wade, Wade, no Sean Marsh. They're, yeah. they're really trying to blood uh, some young guys. No Curtis Patterson we'll talk about in the next game. I was uh, upset, no Philippi, but they've got English in there, so I guess it's okay. Yeah, and look, <laughs> Philippi is an absolute star. He's four years away. And will play a lot of cricket for Australia, undoubtedly. But yeah, he, he my, maybe is just that little bit, um, yeah, just that little bit green, let's say. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the the Sixers get a win. They're two and zero. Oh. They're looking for the three peat. We're looking for that, you know, that famous Instagram video of them in front of in front of the Sydney Harbour <laughs> Bridge. The sun's coming up. They're still in their full kit. They're doing yep. the Tom Brady, the Gronk, the we going where no where. So they'll, they'll look yeah. really good. Um, uh, no reason why they can't do a three-peat. Match five, we saw the Scorchers defeat the Heat by just six runs. Curtis Patterson, we did mention another bloke who uh, went from playing test cricket, his first two tests, um, you know, against Sri Lanka in that series in 2019 to not getting a look in in Australia. A, he made 55 um, for his new club, Matthew Kelly, good with the ball uh, there for the Scorchers. And the Strikers, a really good team effort doing the Renegades last night by 49 runs. Um, Yeah, we'll keep an eye on Game 7, the Stars and Thunder going at it this week. Uh, Tonight, I should say. And that wraps up the week in cricket. A huge, huge week. Huge week. An hour of cricket. Hope you enjoyed it, all our cricket fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Lad, I don't know. Maybe we'll do an emergency podcast after after this uh, test finishes. Uh, we'll see yeah. what happens. If not, we'll wrap it all up. Um, the ashes are underway, um, and it's summertime, baby. It's uh, it's beer drinking and cricket watching season. Yeah, well, depending on <laughs> when we do next week's podcast, we could be a day. A day down or two days into... We could be into Adelaide. Yeah. 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 Maybe, so. maybe we need to do an emergency one yeah. to wrap up um, the, the test. So yeah. as Pep says, that ends uh, cricket hour and that <laughs> means we've yeah. got to go into the NFL hour now um, to tackle yeah. all the news that has been happening uh, in the NFL. If Quick look back on week 13. One of the biggest stories... The Lions finally <laughs> won a game. They're off the uh, nerdy run. Yeah. Well, no, that has to be the biggest. <laughs> yeah. What about that uh, that 
that meme that got sent around and it was pretty much like a circle, you know, of everyone, like a rock, paper, scissors, if you will, with 32 teams. Oh, uh, th- they had probably had that ready to go for weeks. They just needed <laughs> they just needed the Lions to win a game yeah. to, to make it all work. Uh, uh, i tell you why. Um, I put Minnesota in, in a multi. It was <laughs> yeah. the only yeah, one that, that lost. Uh, so all uh, citizens yeah. of Detroit, the Motor City, uh, you can thank this young Australian uh, pisshead for uh, getting your team a win <laughs> by betting against them. Yeah. You said well, pisshead. I was going to say they should maybe they should shout you a beer. So <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, probably up there in Michigan, they probably don't mind a beer. At, uh, there's probably a few sad beers up there considering the motor yeah. industry has gone to shit. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Sad beers, happy beers, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Potentially in your multi, you may have had uh, the teams that were playing against the Washington football team, the Raiders and the Steelers, because they all, all had upsets. I didn't well. have I didn't have any of them. This was the one leg that lost. It all it's always one. It's always fucking one. Uh, they were the other upsets from week thirteen. Yeah, yeah the football team they're four in a row. Um, mm-hmm. They're winning against the Raiders. The Steelers beat the Ravens, and then we'll talk about them in just a second. Yeah. And the Seahawks are getting off a, a losing streak against the 49ers. The best, I think, game for the most. Well, we said the weirdest, the weirdest. weirdest, and we said it was probably potentially should have been the it was going to be the game of the week, and uh, that you is, met, and we did speak yeah. about it. If you check the tape, we said weather could be an issue Big up there time. in uh, in Orchard Park. The Pats taking on the Bills is what we're leading to essentially for the AFC um, first seed after mm-hmm. the Ravens did lose to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was interesting. Like I said, uh, it was blowing a gale, it was snowing. Blizzard-ish kind of conditions up mm. there. Uh, interesting in the the pregame conversation that Bill Belichick in his interview was wearing a navy uh, face mask because mm. basically he implemented the, the you know the navy's offense, which is the uh, you know three back set and just pound the rock, pound the rock because <laughs> that's, that's all they did all and day. Pe- that's that's what they did. Mac Jones uh, had three passing attempts, had, had two <laughs> two, <laughs> two completions, completions. Yep. three attempts. It's uh, reminiscent of uh, some of our own football here down, <laughs> down in Australia. Uh, just pound the rock. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones, uh, a Twitter post from 2015, he hadn't seen snow growing up. The first time he saw snow uh, was uh, playing high school football, I believe, uh, on an away game. Uh, yeah, all he had to do was hand the ball off. I yeah, think 40 plus times. Yeah, so, I think that. Matt Judon uh, said, said in the post match, they, they asked him about Mac Jones. He said oh, he did well. All he had to do was hand it off and, and did it well. Uh, I think it was more disappointing from, say, the Bills because um, you would have thought by half time they realised, hey, these guys aren't throwing the ball. Let's put 12 in the – well, we can't put 12. Put 11 in the box. Get everyone <laughs> up. <laughs> talk me. Yeah. Put, a, put them Just all – Just sneak one on. Yeah. Put them all up there and then, you know, try to egg them into trying to throw the – Throw the pass, but yeah. Do you, you guys see Michael Hyde and Jordan Poyer uh, walking out of the interview post post match? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't happy. Yeah, the press said oh, yeah. essentially. I, I think I thought a fair question. You know, why why couldn't you stop them? They they got run on for two hundred and fifty odd yards, mm-hmm. and and Hyde and Poyer took offence. And well, then Harris also break a fifty plus run as well. Yeah, as so, so he so. took a long one to the house. Ramondre Stevenson had mm-hmm. over twenty touches. Um, yeah, they, they just pounded the rock on them and the, and the Bills couldn't stop it. And the, 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 the converse of it is that the Bills' passing game is elite. The they, front seven. They, but they can't run the ball. Oh, they, they, 
on offense, sorry, I'm talking. Off, yeah, offensively, I'm, 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 well, I'm saying the same thing. Their secondary is pretty elite, but mm. their front seven's been a bit lacking of late in the defensive side. And, and, and you know, Edwards being the big name there in the middle. I'm um, saying on the other side of the ball, same thing. They can pass the ball, but they, they can't, can't run. run. They cannot run it. So in games like this, when there is a bit of weather, yeah, and I think we've been saying that for uh, almost over a year now, especially running into the draft, their draft special. Uh, you know, for them, it's like, hey, their biggest weakness and hole is running back. They mm-hmm. need to find mm-hmm. a runner there. I think maybe Zach Moss is what they ho- hoping could potentially high draft pick second round they could do, but he's been hurt and he hasn't really. Um, he was he was a healthy scratch two weeks ago. Yeah. So Matt Breeders come in and and sort of done a little bit, but did nothing in this game. But, but yeah. and but how much is it the running back and how much is it the offensive line? You know, some guys can 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 pass pro, but they they can't. Well, you would they think with, with that passing game that they would be facing smaller boxes because the guys the other teams playing nickel got more corners and you know trying to cover more. Like it should be easier for them to run you'd even think, with a bad you'd uh, think, offensive you'd line. Think, so. but many. Games this season, Josh Allen has been the Believe leading uh, rusher for the Buffalo Bills. A big concern on them. Mm. Speaking of the weather, uh, Kurt Warner was on Pardon My Take this week and he thought that uh, weather <laughs> plays too much influence in the NFL and that all the Northern States teams should build domes so the weather comes out of it and we have high-scoring offenses. Uh, thoughts, says, thoughts, boys? Says the bloke that played in a dome. Where to, <laughs> yeah, I think he won an MVP, didn't he? And, yeah, and great, great show on great turf. Great show on yeah. turf. Like, mm-hmm. um, there might be a little bit of bias there. I, just, just a bit, I'd say. Yeah. You, you can't take that the out we- of the game. Yeah, the weather is an element. You, you it's it's yep. it's it's a part of football. You know, most guys they they grow up playing football at eight o'clock in the morning on the weekend, and it's fucking it's freezing cold, and your mm-hmm. parents are bitching about having to take you to sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's 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 part of the football, um, you know, culture, history, whatever you want to say. Like you, you some places you take Green Bay. Your Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Chicago, New England, as we saw, New England, the you know, Buffalo, yeah. like that's that's a part of their image as a club and mm-hmm. their stadium yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Is you coming into uh, frozen tundra? Yep, we well, <laughs> see those. battle. Like it, yeah. it's part it's part of their identity. So yep. no, I wouldn't take it away. Agree, hundred uh, percent. You know, talking head. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's you're going to be convincing all these teams to build domes anytime yeah. soon. And it's cool. Like it's it. Well, how fun it, is it, it to sh- watch? A- it changes the, the dynamic. Yeah. It changes the dynamic so well, much. Remember, you was remember it? Shady playing in, for for Buffalo for you yeah. know yeah. In, in a foot deep of snow and, yeah. <laughs> and killing it and, kill, it. and exactly. killing it. That that's that's all time. No mm. one will forget that for a very long time. Mm. I nearly I nearly dragged a big old multi on this one. <laughs> I, I, had, I had both quarterbacks unders. Yep. I had. Both running backs for New England overs yep. hit that. I had Damian Harris anytime touchdown scorer hit that. I had Ramondre Stevenson to score a touchdown. Did not, despite. Was that the one leg you missed? I think I missed two on this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, I'll um, uh. at unofficial sponsors sports bet, you know, maybe a few bonus bets uh, you know, <laughs> for, for, for all the time and dedication put into it. Uh, in in uh, more. Just, just time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in in a big um, you know swing of emotion, uh, very sad news today in the passing of Demarius Thomas at the tender age of thirty three. Had only just officially retired this year. Um, Sean, you as a Denver fan, obviously 
a big fan of DT. Um, there was a point uh, where there was an argument that he, he was the best receiver in the league, um, definitely a top five receiver in the league uh, during his time there with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much has come out just yet regarding what happened. Um, no, they've... they've uh, I, I just checked then um, quickly, see if they had reported anything new in the, the hours uh, since the the initial um, news story was broken. Um, and all I can still find is it's... Uh, the county has released and said it was a medical issue related. Um, so if it was... we. I think we alluded to that kind of age and that kind of specimen of an athlete towards mm. potentially suicide. Yeah. Um, if it if it um, you know hung himself or shot himself, I think it'd be pretty clear they would have communicated that. So it's a, with the 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 talk of medical issue, it potentially could be, you know, maybe he had an aneurysm or something like that or a freak heart attack. Yeah. But it leads to me to more more towards say an overdose of some sort of. Um, maybe even prescription medication is just taking too much of it, and but who knows uh, with his situation and he's essentially like you said retiring retiring for a football player, especially a massive football player that 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 complete change in lifestyle. Because um, I don't want to say, well, it is kind of like playing professional football, big stadium, the crowd, the noise, and that sure. it, it is a bit of a drug. It gets you hyped. There's a lot yep. of Yep. Involved in that, ben, and Ben Cousins for our Australian listeners. Um, yeah, you know, you know the, with, the withdrawal from that and being yeah. basically not a nobody, but you go from being hero to zero essentially, out of out of mind, out of sight. Um, yeah, and it is a big change, and yeah. some you know a lot of people do struggle with that uh, that uh, that aspect. But it's just yeah. it's so fucking sad, man. Yeah. Well, wh- whatever happened, the the bloke was. He won a Super Bowl six years ago. You know, he he played in two. He was was an elite yeah. pro mm. bowl, multiple, multiple pro bowl wide receiver. What one of my favorite wide receivers. Um, you know, for someone that played the position, mm-hmm. to watch and admire. You know, his combination of of size and and strength, yeah. but also you know his silky hands. Um, you know his speed for for a big guy. Um, very, very sad. Very sad for for Denver Broncos fans. Very sad for his family. Um, mm. Look, when you lose someone young, yeah, you well, probably probably just want to remember remember the best the best. Oh, definitely. And uh, and he was up there with with one of the best receivers um, getting around. Um, you, you'll ne- you'll never take there. away the you know Tebow to DT to make it the playoffs <laughs> make, yep. in, in yeah, overtime yeah. against the Steelers. Like yep. that's an all-time memory. Yep. Winning the Super Bowl with yep. Peyton, yep. Um, putting up all those numbers. Like it's who was it? They had they. It was him, Wes Welker, and Emmanuel Sanders, wasn't it? No, Where, well, yeah. So Sanders for uh, so the year they broke all the records, it was Decker, and then Sanders oh, came Eric across that's right, when Eric, they made the Eric run um, yeah. to the to the Super Bowl. So yeah, it was, it was you know. It's just sad to he, he's born on Christmas Day, so his birthday was coming up. He would have mm-hmm. been thirty four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to lose a young fellow at thirty three is yeah, um, pretty sad. Uh, we hope not foul play, but you never know. You never know nah. if CTE related or anything like. And, well, and again, I've seen who knows. It's all speculation. Yeah, yeah, I've seen reports. It's related to a seizure. Um, oh, there you go. So. Look, it's it's speculation, and we don't yeah, want to. Spe- it, could, it could purely be unlucky. Like we don't we don't which, want to speculate. We don't want to speculate yeah, too much. But no. let's re- let's remember the footballer um, and an excellent one at that. Um, mm. Vale Demarius Thomas. All right, boys. Let's move through um, to the game that happened today. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the, the teams that couldn't beat Detroit Bowl, if yep. you will. Yep. Uh, <laughs> at halftime, this game looked like absolute Done. mud. The Vikings <laughs> were all over them. They got to a 26-zip lead. And as you uh, pointed out, Sean, the Vikings love blowing a lead. <laughs> and they, they tried their best <laughs> to do it. Uh, Dalvin Cook was on fire. Uh, shout out to Michael Steenson again. Two shout outs, I think, tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm playing him in our fantasy league. I'm up against the ropes. He's flying high. And uh, he starred Alexander <laughs> Madison over Dalvin Cook, uh, who had 27 Jeez. carries for 205 yards and two touchdowns. After that 26 zip lead, the uh, the Pittsburgh... Um, well, I think they got to 29. Did he get to 29? Yeah, yeah, and then Pittsburgh scored that quick touchdown. And well, then for whatever three. reason... They scored three. Yeah, well, well Cousins, Cousins kept throwing picks. Cousins threw a few picks. And again, you kind of like, pound the fucking rock, man. Yeah, like, well... I, I think I, you I, were saying, like, get Madison in there, you know. Yeah, well, like, just share the load. Yeah, pump, pump, pound the clock. Yeah. Uh, run that Patriots offense. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, I think Justin Jefferson had 14 targets. So he was just throwing throwing his direction. And Pittsburgh kind of clocked like... Seven for 79 off those. Yeah, so yeah. Not, and not, he, and they clocked, well, why don't we just, like, triple cover him? And then when they throw those deep balls to him, we'll pick some of those off. And no, no Adam Thielen yeah. in it. Um, so yeah. th- they did lose TJ Watt through this as well. So that, that We need to keep an eye on that one. Because mm. uh, yeah. uh, everyone's like, oh, that look there. If you yeah, he may, may have been able to come back. Well, they'll just rest him, whatever. But then they, for whatever reason, the Steelers came alive. Big Ben found old Big Ben. He's um, throwing some lasers, Yeah, man. throwing some lasers in there. Mm. And... Uh, there's chat. Well, we'll get to that in a minute um, about his retirement potential retirement at the mm. end of the season. But it looked vintage, and they scored a quick mm-hmm. 28 points mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to bring this pretty close. Uh, but the Vikings always stayed one touchdown ahead. That last drive, though, that the very last had, drive, yes, they I think they burnt their last time out with over a minute to go, and mm. Minnesota were, were trying to um, defend the deep ball. They just kept going underneath, yeah. and and uh, Claypool and uh, Ray Ray McLeod were, were getting out of bounds. They well, got it. Well, they, they were getting. What happened? What did Chase do? <laughs> <laughs> well, this was this was dumb. This was really really dumb. Out of Chase Claypool, a talented player, came along leaps and bounds last year. He. Caught a like fourth and four yep. um, ball to for, for the first down. for the first down. It was like a slant, uh, so it was going into the middle of the field. No chance to get out of bounds. Got tackled. He celebrated like he gave the old. Well, he's po- he he's doing the, the knee and he's like he's, he's on one knee and he just slowly just gave the first down. You know, first down, the first down, point ahead, and then an offensive lineman <laughs> ran over to try and get the ball. Yeah, to, it's like to, dickhead, give like, him the ball. We need to spike this. Get it back and spike it. But then I think he knocked it out of his hands, and then they had to chase <laughs> after it, and it dead set. It wiped out about eight seconds yeah. out of the uh, out of um, the play clock. Uh, game clock, if you will. Yep. Uh, however, it didn't really matter because they got the shot at the end zone. Well, they got a shot. They I could, think they so. could have been close. Yeah, maybe yeah, they, they, they might have got that, two in that, that instance. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a good point. Uh, Roethlisberger, you know, throwing the clock back. He, that was a laser. It was a tight window. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for the rookie Pat Frymuth. Put it on him. He got two hands there. But uh, Minnesota defense played it very, very well. Um, I think it was Xavier Woods and And Harrison Smith there delivering the shot. Uh, Frymouth couldn't hold on, and uh, and Minnesota got away with a thirty-six twenty-eight win and an a sneakily entertaining game. Yeah, ignore the first three quarters. Just watch the fourth because yeah, it became a good shootout. I turned over to the cricket and then. I was getting messages on my phone. I was like, geez, better throw this on. And then I was going, holy fuck, this, this, this is good watching. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, the Vikings win that one. Um, and that was – oh, no, let's talk about Big Ben. Yes. Big Ben. Yes. So I alluded to it before. The reports came out during the week that – uh, behind the scenes, family, friends, whatever, Big Ben's kind of said, yeah, this is my last year. Um, he probably realised when he uh, was throwing passes, falling over with no one around him. Like he's uh, – it's it doesn't look elite, Ben, uh, mm. barring this fourth quarter, of course. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's he's banged up. The offensive line's not really doing so much. The club's not really going anywhere at the no. moment. And, and we've so spoken about it week after week he's after get, week. He, 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 he looks old. old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so looking like he will retire at the end of the year, but then what does that mean for the Steelers? Because they've got Mason Rudolph there. Um, Do you think he's a franchise quarterback? No, I don't think they. He's, for whatever reason, he's still their backup. I think I would have liked to have seen Haskins probably um, yeah. try to get more involved in we that. We saw him whether, light it up in the preseason. Yeah, whether whether maybe the two of them battle it out next year. Mm. Either way, potentially what I think will happen is maybe they'll pick one and then suck next year and then see mm. where they end up. Um, draft-wise, pick-wise, because they'll pick middle of the pack um, in the coming draft. Mm. I, I don't see that happening. I don't think the, the fans, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, hard-nosed, used to a lot of success. I don't think they'll stand for a year of tanking. Yeah. So that's why I think potentially they'll try to do the bridge, which more of a veteran. Um, Andy Dalton's a guy off contract that kind of fits into that mould. Gardner Minshew. I think Minshew was probably the biggest shout because though not an older veteran player, like I think it's what, his third year in the league? Uh, yeah, maybe four. But yeah, but it was a guy that, yeah. you know, hey, can win football games. He did it for the Eagles. On the weekend, yep. <laughs> Yeah, so he can definitely sling the rock. So that kind of fits. I think he kind of fits that steel and mould a little Just bit Just a too. quick tangent. You see him and his old man afterwards. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big time celebrating. Like, like they know how important it is, so... His chat was elite during the preseason. Like, I haven't taken a number two um, all preseason because mm. <laughs> oh, I ain't going to be a backup. So, <laughs> that video with his old man, geez, to experience that once. Oh, God, that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, maybe I should have a bit more talent. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, probably, that's probably like, don't be a disappointment then. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Get, hey, get out of the back of my head. Get out of the back of my head. I get, I get. Moving forward, moving forward. So, well, so, so free agency, could they have a stab? Yeah, well, free agency, like, was alluding to a veteran, potentially. There's the three big names that could be on the block with mm-hmm. uh, Watson and Rogers, well known. Mm-hmm. Wilson kind of entered the chat this week. Um, there's reports he said four cl- I've seen three clubs, and there's uh, other reports saying four. I know. Broncos, Giants, and I can't remember the third one. He'd waver his no trade clause for. Uh-huh. Um, so you know they're in the conversation there. Wilson to Steelers, maybe who knows? Um, what do we think the chances of Steelers nabbing any of those guys are? Uh, it depends how much they want to give up. It's it sounds like Watson to the Finns looks like a pre done deal. Mm. Rogers, for all the chat, I think they're finally kind of pandering to him and. Um, Green Bay, so he probably stays. So they should. Yeah, and uh, Wilson, again, Mace, I think he stays. If Pete Carroll retires, then I think he moves. Okay. Um, And he could end up anywhere, realistically. Um, As, you know, a 33-year-old quarterback being to two Super Bowls, won one. Um, The draft, so the the current draft, everyone's talking about it being a, a weak kind of draft for quarterbacks. 
Um, Bryce Young's lighting it up. Yeah. Well, I think I sent to you the you know the 2017 draft for quarterbacks was said to be quite weak. Mm. Uh, Trubisky went second, but then you had guys called uh, Pat Mahomes was one and, of them, and Deshaun Watson uh, <laughs> yeah. go. I think 11 and 12. Yeah, pretty so, handy. Pretty handy. Pretty handy. So I think you can find quarterbacks in any draft. Yeah, I agree. So and the, I think there's probably going to be five guys come out which. Maybe one goes in the first round and the others are like second rounders. You got, you uh, got a few there. That Kenny Kenny Pickett yeah. looked okay. Mm. Kenny Pickett from Pitts. Um, who else have we got here? Uh, Matt Carell. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the Lake Willis? Oh, was it Oklahoma? The guy S- Spencer Rattler. Rattler. That, Rattler yeah, right, so yeah. he'll play. He was chat. He was he'll play chat. next year again because yeah. lost lost his job this year. So yeah, a bit hard to kind of foresee that that far ahead. And that might actually be more a reflection of where college football is, and we'll get to that in a minute. With mm. like, it's been a very different kind of year with a lot of upsets and a lot of you know new. Um, you know, colleges that hadn't done overly great in the recent years, like go, popping out of nowhere. Go Bearcats, yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati is an example. <laughs> mm. um, so potentially, you know, there is a diamond there, mm. a quarterback, and you're just going to have to do your hard work and potentially find him. Can I remember a guy like that, Prescott, fourth round pick. Sure. Yeah. Russell Wilson, yeah. we just mentioned before, I think he was a third. third. Yep. So, yep. you know, th- there are guys there that can potentially become French yeah. quarterbacks. Uh, it's Tom, fun. Tom Brady, I think. Uh, he's, he's the classic. <laughs> Fuck Tom Brady. He's still <laughs> playing <laughs> in the league somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> I think we have spoken at length of the yeah. future of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Yeah. Not not bright, I think, is where <laughs> we're, we're leading to this. They need to find something. I Def- don't think. Definitely some yeah. kind of rebuild. Yes. Yes. In, yep. uh, in the near future. Uh, week fourteen, the let's uh, preview some football. The yeah. last week of buys, uh, fantasy football mm-hmm. uh, will be leading into the finals. Yep. The Sunday early games, uh, Cowboys Washington football team, mm-hmm. uh, big NFC East matchup. The Cowboys coming off that ten day break after beating the New Orleans Saints. They have the number one offense in the league. Mm-hmm. The Washington football team have turned their season around four in a row after starting two and six. Uh, and some pretty reasonable scalps in that. Uh, the Bucks and the Raiders are probably, uh, you know, the most accomplished of those teams. Yeah, well, outside of Chase Young, they're starting to get healthy. Um, Anton Gibson's been playing really well. They get yep. Curtis Samuel finally back in the in the squad. Unfortunately, um, young gun Logan Thomas, who just was battling a hammy and, and had been back for two games, mm-hmm. I think he's done his ACL. Yeah, confirmed. I saw that during the week. Yeah, yeah that's season done. Very sad for the young mm-hmm. tight end. And I think, um, uh, who was it? Fuck. I think it was one of the Seahawks running backs. Um, no, it was it was Kenan Drake. I think he's done his ACL as well um, from a hip. Yeah, uh, no, no. Like a hip drop tackle. I think Logan had something similar happen yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've seen in the rugby league uh, the hip drop tackle getting, you know, uh, scrutiny. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard one because it's like we've spoken before. That's kind of a classic tackling technique. Like well, if, if you're grabbing onto a 230-pound man, the best way to bring them to the ground is to drop, drop your weight. weight. Yeah. I think thinking in the NRL, it's probably easier to um, officiate uh, because usually the way the tackles happen is a guy you know does a hit up, a few guys in there, and then you maybe you've got your third dude in there who then comes in and does the hip drop. Mm. Um, whereas the NFL, it's usually you know 
bang bang plays. Guy coming across the middle, you you just you grabbing him the best way you can, and yeah, maybe you know you're going to get occasionally the hip drop. Like it's going to happen. It's a very grey area but for mine. Yeah. I, I, you know, you don't want guys doing their ACLs. I understand that. Mm. The counter argument is that it's a contact sport, and that's a very efficient way of bringing someone to the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, be, be interesting to see well, what happens. Having said that, they did remove the horse collar because it had been, you know, Roy Williams' uh, safety for Dallas Cowboys breaking a lot of legs back in the and day. Classic horse. I think that's fair. I think that was fair. I think that's fair. That that that's a very different motion. You know, mm. grabbing got a guy by the back of their neck and throwing them to the ground, yeah, riding them down yeah, essentially on the back of their legs. So. You know, compared to something which is pretty close to a good tackling technique. Yeah. Well, like I said. You, in in the the quick um, time framing succession of like the the bang bang play mm. of a guy you essentially just grabbing him and then trying to take him down mm. and yeah like yeah. that could end up being a hip drop tackle I think it'd be very very hard to try to officiate that out of the game especially what we've seen this year with taunting and the <laughs> over officiating <laughs> no, and perhaps and perhaps <laughs> and I, again we we get the reasoning behind it but perhaps the helmet to helmet kind of stuff as well. Possibly over officiated. I'd hate to see a new rule come in. Uh, you know, sh- shout out to Logan Thomas. I hope his recovery uh, goes well. But I, I wouldn't like to see the game. Uh, you know, try to make a new rule yeah, out of that one. We don't want NRL magic round. Let's say that. <laughs> that's that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but anyways, is it, let's go back to this game. It's a huge mm. NFC mm. East matchup. It is in Washington. Mm-hmm. Does anyone think the football team can? I think yeah, I like it. I like that. I like that. I've got a well. I haven't got a heap of upsets. Um, I think uh, I've got of the upsets. I've gone are all home teams, and uh, mm-hmm. I think you know Washington at home coming a four win streak, finding their mojo. Cowboys have been a bit up and down of late. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Parsons has been excellent for them, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Yep. So, Trayvon Diggs got another one last yep. last week. So they the, and for no reason the offense. Maybe not clicking as well as I thought it would. Running, their running game seems to struggle. That Tony, yeah. like the numbers yeah. were inflated against the Saints because Tony mm. Pollard had that massive run. But outside of that, they really struggled to move the ball. Yep. Zeke uh, Elliott looks like he's playing kind of busted up. He mm. looks like he's playing. Oh, he's definitely busted up. He's got all kinds of. Playing through some pain. I've gone, <laughs> the, other, I've gone the other way. I've gone the Cowboys. Uh, but I think this will be a you close. You think their record. Where they're at, like they're, sure. they're their team. You look at it, you're like, yeah, they they're gonna play playoffs. So they should do Washington easy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Washington just has a bit of mojo at the moment. And like, I like, I like that yeah. you did that because I was looking at this and I was like, I hope we don't all pick the Cowboys. I hope mm. someone picks Washington here. And I know you've got a little bit of vested interest as well. Yeah, uh, having a few. Well, you, you a few all picked the players. you picked all the Bills last week, and I picked the Patriots. So fuck uh, you guys. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Check the tape. Check the tape here. I think I, I think I picked oh. the Patriots. Well, you didn't now. You didn't pick that in your tips because you had that wrong. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we both had the Bills. Yeah. Check the tape. Patriots. Yeah, Bills. Yeah. Anyways. Check uh, the no. tape. I say a lot of shit. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monks, who did you pick? Uh, in I, yes, I have picked the Cowboys as well. Um, they are favourites. Um, See, this is too short. This is... I would not be touching this head to head. Let the listeners know, Monks. All right. Well, apparently too short at $1.47. Um, the football team are out at $2.71 at the moment. Um, we have a line of four and a half, total match points of 48. 
Yeah, that's too short. Yeah. I don't I don't like any any Especially of that. when you but look at that line as well. Yeah, but but very very interesting matchup. Four forty eight though, huh? You like the overs? I don't yeah, potentially. The way mm. the Washington be playing at the moment, mm. I think they'll score shout, twenty. Shout and out I to think Taylor Heineke. He has been like yeah. more than just a game managing quarterback. He's been pretty good quarterback. Uh if the season were to finish this weekend, the uh the football team would be in the playoffs. They're currently the sixth seed in the NFC. So yeah. an enticing match up there. So yeah. um just quickly on that. Uh six of Washington's last seven games have gone unders. Total Ooh. match points. That defense. <laughs> defense. Well, they did, well they come Cowboys though. Oh, that's the difference. I I think Washington yeah. they, they'll they'll score their the twenty odd but in it's can they keep Cowboys to twenty? Maybe not. And it'll be, you know, 30 points, which means Washington have to chase a bit of points, which leads me to more to overs than to unders. You know what else sucks uh, to bet on? Unders, overs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so hard. Like today, I took the so unders. Hard. I took the unders. The Steelers' stout defense, you know, inverted you, you, commas. You were looking good for most of the match and then fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Steelers on offense, like, haven't shown much. They've averaged 20 points on offense. They went out and scored 28. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, unders, overs, it's 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 a flip of a coin, really. And then anything yep. that we, which is weather-related. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, l- I'd leave the unders, overs alone. I mean, I think scientists can't get, even get the weather right. Yeah, so. fucking idiots. <laughs> and man. Anyways, don't need another uh, Bureau of Meteorology rant. <laughs> that was hard to string together. Uh, <laughs> a possibly less enticing matchup is the Jacksonville Jaguares. Uh, that's Jaguars in <laughs> Spanish. Um, take on the Tennessee Titans. The Jags, they look very ordinary last week against the Rams. The Titans are coming off the bye. A little bit of a tidbit. Uh, Derek Henry is still third in the NFL for rushing yards. He has missed four games now. Uh, thanks to that fracture in his foot. Um, bit of a clash, I suppose, between Dontrell Hilliard and Donta, or Deonta Foreman. Um, mm-hmm. You'd imagine they probably pound the rock there. No AJ Brown. I imagine we no all Julio, picked the course. Titans. Uh, the Jags yeah, did pull up an unbel- off an unbelievable upset of the Bills a few weeks ago. I do feel like that's a bit of an, an anomaly. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Titans... By, uh, well, I won't say a lot because they're going to have to run the shit out of the ball, but they'll still win this easy. I agree. Titans, 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 odds and line, please. I think yep. t- total points in this will be pretty low. Pretty low? We'll see. Um, so Titans are favourites at $1.21. The Jaguars are out at $4.45 at the moment. We have a line of 8.5. Total match points of 43.5. I like that line. I'd take the Titans. I don't know about their unders overs if the Jays can score enough points. They've really struggled on offense. No, nah, they've they've really struggled to score points. And, and they yeah. they benched you know Robinson for twenty plus snaps after a fumble. So fumble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Urban Meyer, he's don't fumble his football. <laughs> Denzel Washington vibes from remember the remember the Titans, Petey. <laughs> Petey Jones. Sit on the bench. You fumble that football, you run a mile, and then I'll put my foot up your ass or something like that. Yeah. So uh, next match, we've got the Seahawks taking on the um, Houston Texans. Uh, Seahawks probably got back to the you know, right of the ship a little bit. Russell, of course, looking very rusty. Now looking 
like uh, classic kind of danger. Russ um, did lose, did break their three-game losing streak against the 49ers uh, with that win. Um, their D played well. Uh, had a couple picks. Uh, Texans, on the other hand, are Texans, and they got absolutely smoked by Jonathan Taylor um, and the Colts. They got Colts. Tail- sorry, the, they got tailored. Yeah, they got tailored. Oh, that's going to be a verb. It's like getting Henry. Um, <laughs> I think we have to make that. Is that a verb? It's getting. It's a verb. Um, are they the worst English team? Omersky. Are they the <laughs> worst English. team in football? <laughs> from from what I've seen of late, I think they're worse than Detroit. Talent, talent wise, yeah, Lions have been pretty unlucky with games that they potentially could have won. Yeah. Yeah. They nearly games, beat yeah. the Baltimore Ravens yeah. for fuck's sake. Everyone for the longest field goal <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Uh, this is a toilet bowl of the week. I don't think we want to spend too much time yeah. on this. I've gone hockey's. Seattle should get the job done. Um, obviously, not the old Seattle, but um, should beat this Houston Texans team. Mm-hmm. That's it, yeah. Um, so our favourites are dollar twenty three at the moment. Houston are out at four uh, four dollars twenty. Um, we have a line of eight and a half and total match points of forty one and a half. Very low, very low line there. Mm. That takes us into the Raiders and taking on the Chiefs in another divisional battle in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs did get their win over Denver last week to take the number one spot in AFC West, mm-hmm. uh, clearly. And the Raiders, of course, lost to the Washington football team. Close one. And mm. I think the Chargers lost last week too, didn't they? Uh, no, they beat the Bengals. They beat Bengals. Oh, that's yeah. right. So yeah, Chiefs are taking a slight lead in that division. Um, uh I mentioned before, Ken and Drake uh, did his ACL, so mm. he's done. Uh, perhaps it looks like your your Raider-based fantasy team has been doing you a bit of a solid Yeah, lately. Josh Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro did an absolute job. Uh, Josh Jacobs, they actually, they're very similar players in that they have a very low ceiling. They never, they're never going to go out there and get mm. you 38 points, but they've got quite a high floor. They're quite consistent. Yes. Um, so any fantasy owners of those two out there would have been impressed. I think they both posted 20 plus. Um, the Chiefs uh, had a scrappy win, I thought, against your Broncos. Didn't do too much on offense. Uh, yeah, well, Den- Denver's D's been playing pretty, they, pretty elite. They've been really good. They're, they're, they're third in total point, points scored, and they, they showed it. They kept a... Well, they, uh, they kept Travis Kelsey to 27 yards and Tyreek Hill to 22 yards. Yeah, five total catches between the two of them. So. The last time that happened would have been a long time ago. If not ever, I won't make you look that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we'll, get, we'll talk about Denver when we get to the Denver's bit. But, yeah, mm. they, um, it didn't matter. They still won that game uh, yep. in the end. Uh, do I think the Raiders are going to go into Arrowhead in December and win this game? No. I beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's not the same Kansas City. It's not. Uh, it's it's not last year or yeah. the year before. It's Kansas they're, City. Their defense has been playing better. They have firmed up in the last month. Their they, defense has gone actually like a long way in the yeah. right direction. But yeah. their offense is it just. Mahomes threw another pick in this. Yeah, people are working them. The the defensive coordinators, the other teams are working out this chase offense. And here's a shout, shout out to Chris Collins for actually doing a good job in commentary. Um, kind of showed. Oh, Collins, <laughs> Collins were. Yeah, kind of showed. Now here's a guy. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> kind of made the point with Mahomes that his sidearm action um, and the way he throws the football, maybe he's gone too far in that direction, as in he's gone away from his... his regular releases to side Exactly, and he goes to a three-quarter kind of release where, you know, it's the quick throw versus the actual proper, you know, 
traditional throw you would be accustomed to, a la, say, what Tom Brady does on a regular basis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that maybe he's got himself into a mode where he's, um, you know, take, ends up taking more risks than he probably should, which has led to more picks this year. And then he maybe needs to get back to the focus on your three-step, your five-step drop and, you know, your quick release versus moving around trying to throw sidearm or quick throws, which gets you into those riskier situations. Hey, he did win an MVP and a Super Bowl. He... You know, I'll see. I'll see an interesting <laughs> analysis for a guy that really did nothing in the NFL on <laughs> one of the guys that's one of the most talented guys ever. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Yeah, yeah but yeah, what or what he means. Yeah, um, like, like instead of that being a low percent, low percentage of his throws, it's now mm. a high percentage mm. of. You know, if if fifty percent of his passes are like that, then that's a lot more, a lot ha- more risk taking. But how much is that Patrick Mahomes, and how much is that his offensive line just just having him? Un- well, they're talking under about duress. the rookies. The, you know, the center. I think Creed Humphrey and apparently he's been really good. Yeah, I can't remember their, there. Is, there is another one. The, yeah. It was one of their guards has been really good, and they um, was actually no. So um, the guy they got from the Patriots. Uh, Tooney or something like that plays left guard, so it would be their right guard. The other uh, Joe Tooney, yeah, Tooney, something yeah. like that. Yeah, so you know Anyways, they, they've got some good talent there. So it's whether just Mahomes is spending too much time trying to make a decision and then ends up falling into the flashier side of the mm. play versus you know the you just take the quick slant and get it out there um, or whatever it is. Maybe something to watch. Um, Either way, I still think the Chiefs win this game because Chiefs. Uh, I agree. The Chiefs are eight and four. There's a lot of conjecture. Uh, I don't really think they win the Super Bowl this year. They'll make ooh. playoffs. Um, I think there's some other better teams in the league currently. That's interesting. Anyways, we're not talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> we are talking about the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, amongst your tip and the odds, I think Kansas is a little, a little bit short there. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so yeah, Kansas City are favourites a dollar twenty. Uh, Raiders are four dollars sixty at the moment. We have a line of ten and total match points of forty seven and a half. I don't see. Nah, it's, it's, we, we got to remember line, Kansas City yeah. December Arrowhead. Like it, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty. Good. <laughs> they're pretty good, but it could also be windy and snowing. So they might score points. The other team may not. So yeah, I, I wouldn't touch any of the points related bets in that one. Saints-Jets? Saints-Jets. Uh, the Saints yeah. are on a five-game losing streak. Do you remember? You would have remembered, you know, a month and a half ago when they went out and beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Or well, the they started the season and beat years. Green Bay, like, S- smoked them. So. Smoked them, yeah. smoked them. They haven't looked like the same team yeah. since then. They're coming off a 10-day break. Uh, they had the Thursday night football loss to the Cowboys. I personally, uh, I picked them up because the... Bills are taking the Buccaneers this weekend, so I'm hoping the Saints' defense can kind of find their mojo, rekindle some of that early spirit. Uh, the Jets, Jets lost to the Eagles; they weren't too bad. Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore, uh, you know, find a little bit of chemistry. We did mention last week Michael Carter is on IR with that high ankle sprain; he will remain on IR for the foreseeable future. Kevin Coleman getting the snaps there. I think Coleman's been injured to start the week, and so is Moore. Moore hasn't. Tra- I know Moore definitely hasn't trained this week. Um, a bit, they're questionables. Yeah, both questionables at this point. On a Friday night going into Sunday games in America, what does questionable mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got plenty of time to to get it. You know, they'll Friday practice is still ahead. 
means about as much as those ICC cricket rankings. I I reckon. Uh, Three three Saints, three Saints. Yeah, anyone game? I did consider it. Um, I I led towards the Saints in the year because I just don't think Zach Wilson's um, there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moore, you know, the other guys, as mentioned, being banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can definitely see the upset here happening with the sure, way the Saints yeah. have been playing, but I think the Jets beat the Titans. Like, think, like, they're not, they're not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, they're, 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 they're like kind of what the Lions are. You know, they've got talent. Mm. They just haven't kind of all put it together yet. And they're, you know, a few pieces away from actually being a really good football team. Mm. Uh, but they can compete with these other teams. The Saints. On the other hand, I think have all of that talent probably held back with their quarterback play. Yep. Um, Taysom Hill's been hot garbage and um, Ex- seeing the same. Excellent athlete. Like some of the shit that he was doing, running the ball, hurdling blokes. Like yeah. you're like, wow. <laughs> but but I think the, I think the Saints' chances probably rely on Alvin Kamara as the the owner of Alvin Kamara on the end of the table. Is he back? Is he, he playing? Must be. He must he's, be. Yeah, I think he's been listed as back. Um, I mean. And that's huge. Yeah, Saints. NFL so has that got to me projected to play. That swings it very much in Saints. Because he, he's, I think uh, he, he's a freak. I've I've gone the Saints too. Uh, yeah, a lot to be desired yep. with Taysom Hill's arm talent. That mm. that is for sure. Well, if you want to run the RPO with Taysom Hill um, and I have him hold the ball occasionally, having a you know decoy or to, or potential handoff, um, Alvin Kamara. Mm. changes the defensive strategy Ma- massive, massively. Massively. So. And, yeah, I'll be hard-pressed to remember a quarterback in recent memory that runs the ball as, as you know, he doesn't have that elite speed. He, he's not like a Lamar Jackson. He's more like a like a Tim Tebow, Tebow yeah. if, I, if I, you will. I think he's probably more like Dak is. Yeah. So, so as in I'd like a bigger size, he sure. runs. He runs more than Dak is. But runs, I, I'd say more athletic, even yeah. even even than Dak. Um, but yeah, again, do you want your franchise quarterback out there? You know, that, I think they ran or your starting tight end, depending on what <laughs> what angle you go. <laughs> well, yeah. well, there was a point where they ran five quarterback runs in a row. Like, do you, do you want him taking those licks? I don't know. In this game, I think they get the job done. I think they break their losing streak. Yeah. I think the Saints stay alive in the yep. NFC South. Yep. That is my thoughts. Monks, what do the bookies think and what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, first I'll start off with, does this speak volumes about um, Jameis Winston with the Saints? He's good. Yeah. yeah he's actually actually good. You know, as much as people want to rip on him, 30 for 30. So yada, also yada. another bloke off contract at the end of the year that potentially could be mm. on the move. Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. Anyway, it's always a shout. Talk, we, we are talking oh, yeah. about the Saints and the <laughs> Jets. Let's <laughs> finish it off so we right. move on. <laughs> All right, let's finish this off. All right, so yeah, I have gone Saints as well. They are favourites at $1.41. The Jets are out at $2.92 at the moment. We have a line of five and a half total match points of 43 with a note here saying that seven of the Jets' last nine games have gone overs. Against Saints, though, I would think it would be unders. But, yeah, just like good points. Anyway. Don't bet on overs, unders. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably a rule we've learnt in this. Uh, so Falcons are then taking on the Panthers in another divisional yes, battle, 5-7, yes. uh, for each of them. Speaking of the NFC South, mm. it's do or die for these guys. You have to win to stay alive. I would reckon uh, 
pretty handy side in that in that division. Uh, yeah, well, the, they're playing September, for second. But, yeah, they're yeah. playing for second place. But yep. yeah, they they got to get in there. Uh, CMC, of course, is done for the year. Mm-hmm. He's on IR. Uh, which means uh, Hubba Bubba is going to be uh, the, their leading runner. <laughs> Shabba, Shabba. Um, Falcons, of course, coming off. How good's that name, just yeah. quietly? Yeah. Falcons are coming off their <laughs> loss to the Bucks. Uh, Gage was their best with 11 reception for 130 yards. Um, I don't know with this. This is a really odd one because – Cam, shit, last week, let's be honest. After, um, after looking hot, you know, in that win against Arizona, yeah. and you're like, oh, Cam's back, he's back, and then we kind of got New England Cam last week, didn't well, we? Well, I think you got uh, Cam Newton without CMC again. I think that's the big difference. Yeah. 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 Um, and for me, that's the difference in this. Um, the Panthers without CMC have been hot garbage this year, so um, I've picked the Falcons for this one. I have also gone the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh no one expected them to, to do much this year. They they may win this game and stay alive in, in the NFC race. Anyways, you, you don't see either of these teams bothering anyone in January, nope. so might as well just get through it. Mm. <laughs> Monkey's just, <laughs> he's just doing a little bit of 50-50 uh, coin flipping over there, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Who'd you land Jeez. on? Uh, it landed on the Falcons, so I think I just That's cursed it. that game. Nice. Carolina <laughs> win by 30. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? The, book, um, the bookies have got the Panthers ahead. They do. So Panthers are favourites, a dollar seventy-one. Um, only just with the Falcons sitting at two dollars fourteen at the moment. Um, we've got a line of two and a half total match points of forty-one and a half. Low. It is low, but what do we say with the previous one? Don't bet under. <laughs> so speaking of game that went unders last time was the Ravens taking on the Browns, but the historically they played that 70-point game the year before. They did. They um, did. So big AFC North matchup. Interesting, I think the Ravens played – no, I think the Browns played the Ravens, had the bye, and now have the Ravens again. Yeah, come around quick, don't yeah. they? Yeah, so they haven't played any other team in between. Mm. Um, and that was that game that, that – uh, the Ravens won with Lamar throwing four picks. Yes. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ravens, of course, coming off their one-point loss to the Steelers, as we mentioned last week. Mm. What do we think here? Because my thoughts, and we've said this in the past, uh, you learn the most in a loss. They did have the, the buy to also digest all of that. Mm-hmm. They are at home. Mm. Um, and with the way Lamar's been playing in recent weeks, I have picked yeah, Cleveland. Okay. All right. Um, because I, I think Ravens, though they're out and four, they will play playoffs, lost their mojo a little bit. Okay. Uh, and I think against the Steelers, you saw some of their frustration in that. Mm. Um, Lamar, uh, throwing, throwing picks or trying just, you know, throwing how Mary's, Mary's, sorry, down to uh, Mark Andrews, where just hoping like mm. he's down there somewhere, mm-hmm, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. catch it. Um, they're kind of struggling in offense. They don't really have the running back talent they were hoping coming into the season. No, um, but, but they also lost two running backs yeah, at the start of the year. They, lo- they lost Humphrey as well in this game. Yeah, Marlon against the Humphrey, form, former pro bowler. Um, did, I think ACL for him as well, season mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Ravens are very banged up. And you got to remember, they only beat the Browns by what, three points? Yeah, it was close. It was close? It was close. So I think Browns... You know, they did play bad. Mm. They will say, hey, we didn't take the opportunities. Um, but the Ravens haven't really done anything in between that. We've gone away, studied, 
Um, that's why I think they're going to come in and win. I like. I really like where your head's at. This one is hard to hard to split. I have gone the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just not convinced on that Cleveland Browns team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Great running running game. I just don't know about Baker and his receivers. But his shoulders cooked. So. Yeah, definitely definitely needs uh, surgery after the season finishes. But this a, a big big home game here for Cleveland. Pittsburgh losing today helps them out. Cincinnati lost last week, uh, and fuck, how good's the AFC North? That they're, they're all uh, in there with a sniff. I've gone the Ravens without much confidence. Yeah. Mm. Um, so Ravens do have the hoodoo over the Browns. They've won the last of their four matchups, um, and they beat them six points um, the other week. Um, that being said, Lamar Jackson is also leading the. Um, League in sacks at 37. He's coming second to Joe Burrow mm-hmm. with pass interception sitting at 13 at the moment. Um, it's not MVP Lamar this year, is it? No, no it's a bit rough. Um, that being said, yeah, I've gone the Browns as well. Um, they are favourites heading into the game $1.67. Uh, Ravens are sitting at $2.21. Uh, we've got a line of 2.5 and, and total match points of 42.5. Interesting value there for a team that's eight and four. Yeah, I was going to say two twenty. Yeah. Right. Mm. But as per what we've just discussed, who really knows there? Mm. AFC North uh, hotly contested at the moment, as are many of the divisions in the NFL. Let's move into the late games on Sunday. Sean, your Denver Broncos take on the Detroit Lions. They've got a win, baby. They're off the nudie run. Uh, DeAndre Swift, Monks, can you chase him up? Uh, last I saw, he's listed as questionable, so who yeah. the fuck knows? Um, you, you catch much of the Broncos game? Yep. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got to watch this game. So, um, I'd s- defense, excellent. Special teams, terrible. Offense, also terrible. Mm. Um, outside of Javante Williams, that is. Uh, who He has been a shining light, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, I said it to Monks last week. He's the... Uh, he's got the most rush yards for a running back without a start. So yep, yep. Well, that was his first. That one was his first with, start with Melvin so. Gordon out of it. He had 102 yards on the yeah. ground yeah. and involved in the passing game, 76 yeah. uh, receiving mm-hmm. yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he leads. Work. He leads the league in tackle uh, in broken yes. tackles. Broken tackles. Broken tackles. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think Melvin Gordon's though back training, and it was interesting. I think Melvin was saying today, um, he's like, because he's off contract, he's like, hey, I'd love to stay in Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't think the fantasy fo- fantasy football fans would like me to stay. <laughs> of course, you know, free free Jonathan Williams has been training, I think, for quite a while. Nah, <laughs> but but, hey. but hey. that double that dual headed. Well, they're, they're, they're the only it team. It works, man. It works. Yeah, you, well, you Denver's the only team with two rushes over five hundred yards. Exactly, um, and they're doing so the best of it. But yeah. it's a, it's a formula. Man, like the the Cowboys with with Zeke and Pollard, with uh, the Packers uh, with with Dylan and Jones, you can have two really good running backs and and just keep them fresh and and interchange them. Yeah, well, Melvin Gordon had been taking uh, the lead kind of role as a sixty forty, so I wonder after last week they might switch that a little bit. He, he's really good. He's a steal in the draft, Javante Williams. Uh, Denver drafted really really well. Uh, look. The- that well, back to this game. They should beat the Lions. They they should and they will. I'm pretty yeah. confident there. It'd be a as, very Denver thing to lose to them. But. Well, like Minnesota <laughs> last week, uh, yeah. we were all confident that they'd get the job done. Uh, but I think defensively, we we should be able to you know 
very much handle the lines um, in the in this one, even with if Swift plays. I really like what Denver's doing defensively. Um, of course, offensively, they really need a good kick in the pants there. Uh, we'll have to see what Teddy does. I think Teddy threw two picks in that game, or maybe mm. even three. You know, think about it against Kansas City. Two, but one was a intercept pick return six. touchdown yeah, for Dan Sorensen, which doesn't help. Um, you know, if your your de- defense is keeping the scores low, you know, keeping Kansas City to twenty two points, that's a win by any any account. Yeah, but when uh, you know that's coming from, you know, seven points are coming from the offensive side, it doesn't help. Um, the offense and trying to chase down those low scores. So, that is for sure. I picked, I picked Denver. Denver here. Yep, I've gone Denver as well. Um, John Dre Swift. Uh, he'll need. He didn't. Hasn't practiced yet. Um, at very least, it looks like he would need to have at least one practice before he starts. So that will come down to their Friday practice. Um, game, game day decision, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all reports is he's a bit of a long shot to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, yeah, Williams is probably going to be your best bet, um, fantasy wise, I guess. If what are the odds saying? Because it's it's riffed out. I would think he'd be heavily favoured towards Denver. Mm. Yeah, so they are favourites. Uh, yeah, you call it heavy favourites. A dollar twenty. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would say that's heavy. Uh, lines are four dollars sixty at the moment. We've got um, a line of ten. Total match points of forty two and a half. Mm, don't like any gambling on that, to be <laughs> honest. Another game which I am unsure uh, gambling-wise, 49ers take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams lost last week uh, to the Seahawks and the LA Chargers. 49ers, a little, little bit of a shock loss. Uh, they um, have been really poor, actually, in that matchup against Pete Carroll and his Seattle Seahawks in recent years. Tell you who was good, George Kittle. Nine catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns. He's been excellent since he's been got ba- back from his injury. His balance, when he catches the ball and absorbs that first shot, Hate's more, been tackled. more often than not, <laughs> he, he's the one that stays on his feet and keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see because there's probably a little bit of an underwhelming start of the year from George Kittle. We know what he's mm-hmm. capable of, um, you know, Probably up there with, with Travis Kelsey on talent. Mm. Uh, just the injuries and, you know, situations hadn't really seen him uh, be able to, to, you know, display that talent. So really nice to see him go absolutely bananas last week, even if it was in a loss. And I'll tell you who else was going bananas. T Higgins. He had nine catches, 138 yards, a touchdown, uh, back-to-back fantasy games with 20 points. I think... People starting to realise uh, Jamar Chase is pretty fucking good. Uh, uh, I think he did. Cha- I think Chase might have dropped a potential deep touchdown. Yeah, he did. Two. He did. Um, so some of that preseason chat coming out. Yeah, but I, I think that's a bit of noise. I, really, well, I think co- coverage wise, he's definitely getting a lot more coverage um, his way. He's been a bit quiet in the last month. Um, he has, Lord Chase he has, yeah. to, to the point I think Mac Jones is kind of firmed as rookie of the year favourite um, yep. Williams kind of entering that chat a little bit too um, for the league kind of running back or Nigel Harris of course is in that conversation as mm-hmm. well so there's uh, some other guys now kind of moving ahead of Chase uh, in that conversation sure. rookie of the year I think Mac Jones and what he's doing you know, stat-wise, you know, two for three probably doesn't help his chances, but winning football games, he's definitely... That always there. helps. That yeah. always helps. So, um, 
which, as you said, frees up T. Higgins. What do you think f- for this game? I, I just don't like the 49ers for whatever reason. They're, yeah, just, they're missing something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. They're, they're not that same 49ers that, that made a Super Bowl no. two years ago. I think Eli- uh, Elijah Mitchell, um, Eli he, Mitchell, sorry, is also... That's his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's banged up, I believe. Uh, yeah, go, going into it, um, he'll pr- he'll be a questionable. He's yeah. probably not worth looking up. It'll it'll be a game day decision <laughs> yeah, in yeah, a few so. days. But I like At least the Bengals. Paul Brown Stadium. I think the Bengals get this job done and uh, and make that AFC North really spicy. I'll go Cincinnati too. Yep, nice, interesting. I've this is this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've gone uh, Cincinnati as well. Um, that being said, we've all picked the underdogs here. At Two dollars and six cents. Yeah, only just. Um, what about the? Keep going. Yeah. All right. The underdog. Oh yeah, the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, are, what are the Niners buying? Forty Niners are dollar seventy-seven. Um, that being said, we do have a line of one and a half, and total match points of forty-eight and a half. Yep, don't like any of that. In what will probably be one of the matches of this week, uh, the Bills do take on the Buccaneers. The Bills sitting in an interesting spot at 7-5. Buccaneers up there with 9-3. and three. Mm. Uh, We mentioned it before, Bills cops the Belichick, and I think Belichick's probably firming as coach of the year at this rate. Um, Hard to job, argue against him. Yeah, with the yeah. job they're doing. So kind of uh, putting the point that, you know, Belichick and Brady, they are both good, even if they aren't together. They're, mm. they're both goats, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as we expected. Interesting um, memes as well uh, last week about Bill Belichick uh, beating the Bills. Uh, you know, he's so good they named the team after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bucks, <laughs> on the other hand, they keep rolling on. Uh, I think Tom Brady's favourite for MVP as well. Which is fucking nuts. Yes. Uh, you know, they've got all the weapons. Uh, regular season Lenny is, you know, having a great year. Isn't he? Yeah. Um, mm. Chris Godwin, you know, AB goes out with his fake vaccination. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Godwin fires. Like, they've got so many weapons there. Gronk's been good since back. He's got two tatters. Um, so, uh. yeah. I think I went Bucks in this. Um, yeah, I think the home. Bucks... Bucks get it done. Yeah, they keep keep rolling. For the mine. Bills, they just they. I know we spoke about it earlier, but they just don't seem like the Bills of last year. They can't run the ball. They're dropping games that you wouldn't expect them to drop. Um, you know, Jacksonville being the the blatantly obvious. They'll, one come, they'll come there. out of this one and score forty points. <laughs> possibly, <laughs> yeah, no, no, possibly. Josh I, Allen slinging the rock around. Yeah, look against that. He, that he'll, he'll throw the ball fifty times. I guarantee. Yeah, he will because they can't. They can't run the ball. Yeah. They can't run the ball. And against that Bucks front seven, most people struggle. Well, most teams struggle to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, I've gone the Bucks here. Shootout would be interesting. I'd like to see a shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've obviously gone Bucks as well. Um, that half average a dollar fifty seven. The Bills are out at two dollars forty one at the moment. We're a line of three. Um, Total match points, 53 and a half. It's quite high. <laughs> quite high. Don't bet the, the unders overs. It's hard. It is hard. <laughs> so we, we then have the Giants taking on the Chargers in the next match. The Giants are coming off a loss against the Finns, who have actually been ascending a little bit. Yeah, five uh, in a row. Yeah, Gannon got the start. Um, Monks, can you find out who's starting for us this week for the Giants? They have been really struggling to score points. They've got you know no-skill position players, you know, 
of Saquon's back. Saquon's um, back. He's, but everyone yeah. else is kind of banged up. The offensive line is hot garbage. Um, yep. The Chargers, on the other hand, they have the COVID. Uh, Keenan Allen got COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mike Williams and Chris Harris, uh, both on the COVID list. Who's vaccinated there, do you know? Uh, so Keenan Allen vaccinated by all accounts. Uh-huh. Williams and Harris not. So they two, those two will definitely miss the game. Yep. Allen potentially could come back in. Um, two, two negative tests, is that right? Back-to-back, and he'll be right to go. Uh, of course, timing's going to be the issue. Both, all three is a huge loss, really. Your top two receivers sure. uh, for Justin Herbert being out uh, would be big uh, against the Giants. Um, they did look good against who the Bengals. Is, who is their third receiver? Uh, uh, Guyton? Guyton, and I think Josh Palmer, their rookie, is the other Shh. one. So. Yeah, not, not much experience there. No, not at all. Um, and, you know, they've got old man Cook um, playing tight ends, probably the only other option. Mm. So expect, if that is the case, expect a lot of Austin Eckler and maybe some Justin mm. Jackson, I think, coming <laughs> in there as well. Um, mm. They look good against Bengals. They put up a lot of points. Uh, Herbert, 300 plus with three tutters. I have picked the Chargers in spite of all of their COVID issues. I am hope... I th- Think because I've got Keenan Allen as well. I hope Keenan <laughs> Allen can play in this one. He's had a great month as well. Yeah, um, two touchdowns last weekend. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like without those. Otherwise, I'd be a little bit concerned. But they should still take care of the Giants, irrespective of that. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's a it's a great opportunity uh, to take on the Chargers. You know, with this with this COVID mm-hmm. outbreak. But the Giants, as we mentioned, they're banged up themselves. Uh, yep. Their offense is is really struggling. Their last three weeks, nine, thirteen, and ten points. I don't think they can score enough points no. to beat Los Angeles. Here, I've gone the Chargers. Uh, yeah, an interesting one you know, in terms of punting because uh, who knows who will play for um, the Los Angeles Chargers. But I, th- I still think regardless, they get the job done. Yep. Yep. Who's, who's starting, have you got? Yeah, so to that, so um, the New York Giants are preparing Jake Form to start. Oh, Jake Fromm. He's from, um, yep. the From. He's, he's off that QB1 show. He was at Buffalo for quite um, some time. He's yep, a right. Georgia boy. Yep. He's... I'd, I'd love to see him get the start. He's yeah. he's a big, strong bloke. Um, yeah, out of out of Georgia, he was sat behind Josh Allen for the last few seasons. So yeah. that that'd be interesting if if uh, Jake Fromm gets the nod there. Yeah. So um, so they are prepping him. Um, they are hoping. They're optimistic that Mike Lennon will still start for him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with Daniel Jones still out with his neck injury. Mm. Um, all that being said, uh, my tip and odds um, probably reflect the woes of the Giants at the moment. Um, so I've gone charges as well. Their favourites are dollar twenty. Um, Giants are out at four dollars sixty at the moment. Um, we've got a line of nine and a half and total match points of forty three. Bit too short, you would think, uh, with the COVID outbreak there. Yeah. But uh, all three charges here. Sunday night football. Uh, one of the oldest rivalries in the NFL, the Chicago Bears take on the Green Bay Packers. Andy Dalton, he was pretty rubbish last week in the loss to the Cards through to, four picks. To that point, uh, I think Justin Fields is starting this week. Oh, can you chess that up? Because that, that, yeah. that changes the game dynamic a little bit. David Montgomery's been a bit of a shining light since coming back from his injury uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, he had 90 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Eight catches for 51 yards, not normally used in the passing game. 
possibly a bit of that was game situation, trying to chase the Cardinals. Uh, the Green Bay Packers should be fresh. They're coming off the bye. Aaron Jones should be back after that MCL sprain. Devontae Adams should be ready to go. Uh, up there in uh, at Lambeau Field, the uh, the Green Bay Packers, you'd think, get the job done. Uh, I can't see any reason outside of my own personal bias uh, outside of that, boys. Yeah, I agree. Packers um, should win this game coming off the bye. I think the, the main interesting point is probably their running back situation with Dylan kind of taking the lead. I think um, Matt LaFleur came out during the week saying they're 1A and 1B. Mm. But the recent kind of couple of weeks has been oh, the hot hands been Dylan over Aaron Jones. So I'd be interested to see yeah. how they go in this one, how that workload kind of spits out. Jones, Jones coming off an injury... I think I think they're great. They I think they complement each other perfectly. You've got AJ Dylan, this unit. He's got he's got some of the biggest quads. And I, I think quads this getting around <laughs> short yardage situation, yeah, strong yeah. as fuck. And I and think then this, Jones this a bit more shifty. You know. Well, I think this game probably leads more towards a grindy um, a Dylan game with mm. the Bears uh, defense in their front seven. So it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a little bit more extra touches than. Um, uh, uh, AJ does. Interesting. I've got I've got both of them in different fantasy leagues. So I've got Dylan in one and Jones in the other. So kind of really rooting for both. Uh, as a Packers fan, I think it's great. I think I think they've got two guys that that uh, uh, you know really com- complement each other. And uh, Jones is established, and Dylan is just coming along in leaps and bounds uh, amongst the odds. I imagine it's a Green Bay Packer tip for you. Yep. How yep. short are they? Um, so before I get onto that, uh, Field is starting, um, so he's been medically cleared for his yep. ribs, so he's all good to go. Um, Packers are favourites, a dollar fourteen. The Bears are out at five dollars fifty uh, seventy five at the moment. Sorry, handicap saw a line of eleven and a half, and total match points of forty three. Again, <sighs> that's very that's very short. A dollar fourteen. <laughs> You'd think the pack get the job done. Remember the last time they played Aaron Rodgers? I own you. <laughs> I own you. Uh, Saturday night football, we'll see what happens. Monday night football, on the other hand, uh, sees two elite teams uh, going at it. The NFC West uh, leaders, the Arizona Cardinals, they're the number one Massive seed in the NFC. They're 10-2. and two. They take on the Rams, who are 8-4. and four. The Rams coming off that shellacking of the Jags. Sonia Michelle. Expected. They had to smack him. Very good. Uh, can you chase up Daryl Henderson's status? Uh, I had an absolute meal in my fantasy game, but luckily uh, I got the win against the man on my left here. I picked up Sony Michelle. Uh, I knew that Daryl Henderson was questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an 8 o'clock a.m. start over here in Australia. Uh, I thought I'll, I'll I'll check it before then. I went to work, forgot about it. And Sony Michelle went out there and scored like 26 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of... Uh, good fantasy performance. Cooper Cup, eight catches, 129 yards, one touchdown last week. Um, he's listed as questionable. I hope it's just one of those more precautionary things. Yeah, management. Cause, cause, yeah, because it would be a shame if he misses out because he's on track to break all kinds of records this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, he's the first player ever through 12 games to have 100 catches and 10 touchdowns he does not have a single fantasy game with single digit fantasy points Uh, congrats to anyone that drafted him i think he was projected maybe you know sort of 15 to 20 
uh, receivers. Yeah, I feel bad for all those people who picked um, Bobby Trees over him. Indeed, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, an absolute breakout year, him and Matt Stafford uh, absolutely teed it off. Uh, he's, he's, it's an extra game. If he stays healthy, he's going to break some records, you'd imagine. Oh, easy. The Cardinals, on the other hand, uh, they got that win against the Bears. They didn't have to do too much on offense. Helps when Dalton's throwing you the ball uh, more often to the guys in red. Uh, And the most encouraging thing, I suppose, for Arizona was Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins both back. And I think um, Chase Edmonds is not too far away as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're starting to get healthy at the right time of the year. Um, I have picked the cards with no real reason. I just like the cards. I, th- for, better, I think the Rams... Better record at home. Yeah, I think the Rams yeah. the last month, um, besides beating... you know, They should spake the Jags. That's a sure. definite. Sure. Um, but the games they played leading into that were uh, uninspiring. So... I've picked the cards because I think they're kind of flat track bullies at the moment, the Rams. So I've picked them here to win this game and probably an electric game with lots of points, hopefully, and an excellent Monday night football game uh, with you know Peyton Manning having, well, the Manning cast being Manning excellent cast, as always. Cast. I've gone the upset. I've gone the Los Angeles Rams to upset the Arizona Cardinals. No real reason. Like you said, you know, they, they put away the bad teams. They've looked a little bit hair going against yep. uh, the good teams. Green Bay comes to mind a few weeks ago. Um, look, I, I think their offense is unbelievable. I think they've got the they've got the the guys there on defense, obviously with your with your Aaron Donalds, your Jalen Ramseys. Um <sighs> Am I confident in this? No. Will I put any money on this? No. <laughs> Outside of some kind of same game multi iteration. Um, <laughs> will I lose it? Yes. Uh, but am I fired up to see this on a Monday night football matchup? Often Monday night football can be a little bit lackluster. This is fire. Can't wait to see it. Um, two two teams that you'd imagine to see go deep in the playoffs. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Um, quickly on Daryl Henderson, he is limited in practice, um, trending in the right direction, but probably a, seems like a game day sort of, um, situation there. Again. Um. Sonny Michelle, get around him. PlayStation. <laughs> well, if, like you said, if they make a deep playoff, so Cam Akes is a shout to actually come back. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, only playoffs though, and it'd be. Deep in the playoffs. Deep, sure. Yeah, fair. Um, back to the odds. Uh, cards are favourites $1.72. The Rams are $2.13 at the moment. We've got a line of two and total match points of 51 and a half. It's reasonably close. Reasonably mm. close. A lot of points. I would Yeah. Again, we were saying it. Don't bet on the other <laughs> Shoot out in less. the desert, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, to finish up the NFL notes, there the teams on buys. We've got Finns, Eagles, and the Colts. Uh, like I said before, the Finns have been uh, doing well recently. I think five in a row. Five in a row. Yeah. The Eagles, um, they did have Minshew Mania and they got their win. The Colts have potentially the MVP um, there with uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's had an excellent run of form in the last say six weeks, um, and that Colts team healthy. They've been really good, mm-hmm. winning a lot. I don't think they're going to capture, um, you know, chase down Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady will end up winning his MVP, uh, which leads into the next point with the Pats. They ha- also have the buy nine and four. Uh, potentially could have a Bill Belichick taking on Tom Brady Super Bowl 
that I think would be great for the headlines. And yeah, it would be so a juicy. very yeah, so juicy, very interesting to there see. There was how some it goes. ASPN uh, stats predictor or something which had mm. this as the most likely Super Bowl uh, <laughs> matchup, which is wild <laughs> to think of. Again, take that with a grain of salt. We've still got what six regular season games to a go. A lot to happen plus playoffs. So. Hey, that's, it's in five, f- five, it's five, in, five it's to go. It's, an, it's, it's a long way to go. It's a long way to go, but that comes into the realm of possibility. Boys, let's do yep. something that we don't often do and talk about some mm. college football. Uh, we had championship games on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Hands on head, oh, hands on hearts. We don't watch heaps of college football. Try it to get as much in as you can. It's hard with mm. the busy schedules. Um SEC, the strongest uh, division in college football. Georgia had the one seed. They lose to Alabama quite convincingly. Bryce Young uh, had an absolute game. He's a shoe-in for the Heisman Trophy. It's probably shout-out as well to Alabama and their recruitment strategy because they had two first-round wide receivers. Then they had two first-round wide receivers and it looks like they're going to have two more first-round receivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like get factory yeah. down yeah. there in, uh, oh, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, they've won eight SEC champions, championships since 2009, mm-hmm. so that is eight out of 12. Uh, they go They go deep. Uh, Georgia may get, may get a uh, revenge crack uh, going through to the college football uh, playoffs. Yep. Pac-12, two teams that we won't see go deep, but interesting to see the Utah Utes upset Oregon uh, to win their first ever Pac-12. It was emotional because... That made the uh, Pac-12 champion game uh, twice in 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. They lost both of them. Um, some some uh, some really good players to come out of the Pac-12. You don't probably tend to hear about them so much, given the SEC's uh, dominance uh, and you know sort of Big Ten, Big Twelve. Uh, but past mm-hmm. MVPs of this game include Marcus Mariota. Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold, Byron Murphy we've seen have a lot of success yep. defensively. Keep an eye out for Devin Lloyd. He was the MVP of this one. Uh, linebacker, seven tackles and a pick six. In the Big 12, Baylor defeated Oklahoma State in one of the closer games of the weekend. Uh, second championship for the Baylor Bears. Um, it was the first championship uh, appearance for uh, Oklahoma State. Um, in in a division uh, that's been dominate, dominated by uh, their arch rivals, the Sooners. Spencer Rattler on social media this week uh, stated that he's applied for a transfer. He was the Heisman favourite going into well, he this was, season. He was favourite for the first round, number one pick as well in a draft. Uh, you know, pending a great year with potentially winning a Heisman. But yeah, how, Lot, how far he can fall? Yeah, it's a, it's a year of football, obviously unbelievably talented, uh, mm. lost lost the starting uh, position. Be interested to see where he ends up next year, how he goes about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Big Ten, Michigan destroyed Iowa. Uh, their first championship in the playoff era. Uh, so you've got to go back to 1999, I think it was, uh, since Michigan were uh, champs. Uh, absolute scenes last week when they beat Ohio State, who have dominated the Big Ten uh, 110,000 people, the biggest stadium in America, not just in college mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. in America, storming the field, singing a bit of Mr. Brightside. Jack Revolt would have been very proud of uh, of the efforts there. Uh, they'll they'll be going deep in uh, in the college football uh, playoffs. And Cincinnati. Well, it's, 
just finished on Michigan and there was mm. chat they were going to fire their head coach and, and Jim Harbour will let this, you know, he's done his job. I think that he needed a couple of years to do do his recruitment and they finally got to the point where, hey, they're super competitive now. Historical powerhouse and have really struggled. Like, And, and hats off to Ohio State who have dominated. Oh, big time. Uh, like absolutely dominated the Big Ten for many, many years. But uh, it wasn't their year at uh, OSU. Uh, Michigan um, could could be playing for a national championship uh, and and the Smoky, the the team that no one thought would go this deep, the Cincinnati Bearcats, they haven't lost a game. Uh, they they won um, the AAC championship game. Mm-hmm. A little tidbit for us Australian here: their punter is a son of Dustin Fletcher. That's right, the four hundred uh, plus gamer for the Essendon Bombers. His young bloke, Mason Fletcher, is the punter for Cincinnati. Yep. He's six foot seven, two hundred and thirty, uh, and and sends punts down. So, like his old man, possibly could have been an excellent yeah. AFL player. Uh, yeah, aren't they calling him punting god at the moment? Yeah, or? like, like uh, he will get drafted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice scenes of him. F- Puffing on a big old stogie <laughs> uh, after the win and the Bearcats yeah. going. To I think their, the Cincinnati head ever. coach also got like the college football coach of the year award yeah, well, as well. It's like it's always been a good program. It's never been an, an elite. elite program. Yeah. So the fact that they're going to the final four is um, is unbelievable. Uh, boys, a lot of uh, footage of this fake slide mm-hmm. out of um, what's his name uh, Pickett out of um, out of Pittsburgh. Wanker. Uh, thoughts? It's it's bad sportsmanship in my eyes. Yeah, it's there's two two aspects of this. You know, having played a lot of defense, played a whistle as well. So yeah, um, they are taught like, hey, he's giving himself up. You're not meant to whack him. Yep. Um, because you know if they're going to do this a regular basis, then Lamar Jackson's going to get heaters every week, sure. and he's not going to be enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And he's already talked about, hey, I don't get enough rough in the passer calls as is. Um. And, you know, blokes doing this kind of stuff is not helping his situation. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, like I say, if you're going looking like you're going down, you, you, you've got to either go down or play, call the play dead at that point because, yeah, the fake slide, everyone pulls up and then he runs it away. It's, it it, it's like an inverted whistle. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's um, – it, it maybe was we talk about gamesmanship and sportsmanship. Yep. Maybe it was good gamesmanship. I think it was bad sportsmanship. Yeah. Um, there's oh, Daryl, just put on a good. Someone had to do it once. Or the, the other point is someone had to do it once. So yeah, he's the dude that's done it, and everyone's just like, "All right, now we're gonna sort." That's a flag. Yeah, yeah, that's a flag. It was yeah. definitely yeah. a big hole in uh, in the rule book there. Yeah. Uh, for for our, sort you, of you can't you can't go both ways. You can't have you want all the protection and then. Uh, you know, use that protection no. rules for your own yeah. benefit. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed, 100%. Um, lots of footage of guys sliding back in the day and absolutely getting belted by defenders. So that's why they kind of brought in the rule that once a guy starts to initiate going down, the defenders pull out. The defenders did the right thing there. And, uh, yeah, I think Kenny Pickett um, has, has kind of... Taken a piss. Yeah, he's played it to his advantage. But anyways, anyway. that is what it is. Get at us in the comments uh, about what you think <laughs> about that one. Uh, so the college football playoffs, it's, it's a few weeks away. I think it's in January. Yeah, yeah start of Jan. Uh, so it's interesting that it's already decided. Obviously, Alabama's there. They'll take on the underdogs in Cincinnati. Uh, be an uh, 
historic upset if the Bearcats can pull off a win there. And a huge, huge matchup between Michigan and Georgia, two of the most followed teams in college football. We spoke before about the Wolverines, how uh, they've they've um, it's been a long, long time coming. Uh, their last natty was 1997. That was with Brian Greasy at the helm with Tom Brand. Tom Brady riding the pine, yep. a bloke mm. called Charles Woodson on the defensive side, the last uh, defensive winner of the Heisman, Heisman. Trophy. Yep. And uh, Georgia, uh, who have really, uh, you know, been second fiddle to Alabama over the last few years. They had the number one rank going into last weekend. They kind of got a little bit embarrassed. They'll be looking for some revenge. They do have to get through the Wolverines You'll, you'll actually check out Jordan Davis, their def- offensive tackle. Oh, I've seen him. <laughs> we won uh, the you know award for best defensive tackle of the year. Big human being. He's like pushing four hundred pounds. Big. Yeah. Well, like, he's rated they, at three forty. They he's made yeah. They made him <laughs> loot like coming out of high school. They like made him do cardio and shit, saying like, "Bro, you're too big. <laughs> like, we need you a little bit more." Well, there's, more fit. There, there's pictures with him with his defensive line mate, who's like six three. Yeah. Um, a huge three, human. Three fifteen. A huge human being. Yeah. Big human being, and he makes him look small. You're just yeah. like, oh my god, he's huge. Check him out. He will be playing yeah. in the NFL. He's a massive, massive, yeah. human big time being. nose tackle. For the future, mm. that wraps us up. NFL, yes. NFL, yeah. and cricket. Two and a half hours in. Let's yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> uh, which means uh, I think we need to get stuck into some NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Boys, I'll let you take that away. I need to take a quick break. Uh, so uh, the the top stories of the week. There was a, a record breaking uh, game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, we have been. Kind of following uh, the the Thunder and Josh Giddy and, uh, you know, the rise of the young Australian uh, rookie. Unfortunately, his name will go in the history books uh, on the team that caught the worst L ever in NBA history. It was a 73-point shellacking from the Emphasis, the Emphasis, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, nine of their 12 players that got on the court hit double digits, an absolute team effort. Wow. Uh, Jaron Jackson top scored in that one with 27 and the biggest kind of embarrassment for, uh, the, the Thunder was Jar mm. Moran, uh, their best player, uh, for the Grizzlies. He didn't play, he didn't play. So yeah, right. they copped the biggest L ever, uh, in, in the NBA, uh, to a team missing their, their best player. Uh, That's sad, rough. sad times for the Thunder. Um, Looking, there was uh, matchups of the best teams in the West and the best teams in the East taking uh, each other on head-to-head this week. The Warriors, they finally broke the Suns' win streak at 18. They had back-to-back games. Uh, Golden State actually lost to Phoenix uh, a few nights prior. Steph was a bit off that night. Uh, And then going into the game where the Warriors beat the Suns, no Devin Booker. So a little bit of an asterisk, a little bit of a caveat Mm. Uh, there, and we don't have to wait too long before they'll face each other again. They go at it on Christmas Day. Uh, fingers crossed, all things goes to plan. We might see Devin Booker back, and we might see Clay Thompson in that game for the two best teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, that is true, uh, but also yeah. the, the two leaders in the West. Yep. Uh, speaking of the East, the Bulls and the Nets went at it. Mm. Um, Zach mm. uh, Levine and DeMar DeMarozan, very good for the Bulls, uh, topping the Nets. Um, 
did see Corey Irving has said that he's uh, open to the suggestion of a vaccine that's plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> This week, I don't want to laugh too much. He's an excellent basketballer, but uh, do, no, I, I don't know. I just don't know what goes on between those you know years. He's a as well. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I do. And, <laughs> he's I, an intelligent human being. Look, Uncle Drew putting on the make. You know, he's got putting on the makeup, going down the fucking local courts, lighting up people dressed <laughs> as his grandpa. That's hilarious. Like that's great shit. That's that's good stuff. But. Yeah, it's hard to get around the bloke of the last 12 months. Um, because as long as he's not there, Paddy Mills is doing bits. It's good. So, it's yep, good. Paddy Mills. Joe Harris has been hurt. Paddy's been getting a lot uh, of uh, of minutes there for the Nets. Um, and the Bulls, no one saw them going, uh, you know, as well as they are. So, so shout out to them. Uh, obviously, uh, good recruiting, mm. getting DeRozan over there, and uh, Zach Levine. He, he's a superstar. Uh, I think you, we, you know, you can say it now. Uh, speaking of superstars, Bam Adebayo. He um, mm-hmm. has he's torn a ligament in his thumb. Doesn't seem like much, but tends to be an injury, uh, especially with anyone that has to use their hands at oh, length. Yeah. Hands are super important in the NBA. Indeed, and, and <laughs> they're, they're kind of important in life, if if you will, Sean. But of course, in the NBA, well, you, you see some NBA fights where they choose to throw kicks instead of punches for that reason because they know the yeah. hands are that important. Australia versus Philippines Please, comes yes. comes to mind. Yeah, and everyone there. else in the Philippines as well. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that's a big blow for the Heat. Who they're, they're going good. They're fourth in the East. Um, mm. the, they, they did have the return of the Joker uh, to Miami this week. He got booed <laughs> heavily. Uh, I don't know. I, I still don't think there was too much of that. Like... It was a dog shot, obviously, a few weeks ago, but uh, he was definitely, uh, you know, sort of baited into it. Let's have a look at the standings here, Monks. Uh, the NBA uh, will take more prominence in our podcast in, uh, you know, in the weeks coming through through January and February as the NFL dies off. Uh, we're sort of like just past a quarter. Uh, Nets and Bulls, uh, one and two in the East, followed by the Bucks and the Heat. The Wizards and... Uh, the Cavaliers continue to impress. Uh, and then the, the current teams in the play-in position would be the 76ers, Hawks, Hornets, and Celtics. The Knicks, Raptors, Pacers, not out of it. And I think you can put a line already through the Magic and the Pistons. Yep. Uh, we've spoken about Golden State and Phoenix. They are for leaps you, and bounds ahead. Before in you move the into there, just, just on the Pacers. Um, mm. So Ben Simmons watched uh, Pacers oh, yeah. in Portland are the – two kind of favourites for that potential trade. Where would you like to see him end up out of those uh, two? Maybe more Portland to play. Um, fuck, I've forgotten his name off the top of my head. Dame and CJ McCollum there. Yes. He he probably doesn't play a guard. Like, like they might play like a three guard kind of set yeah. or, or just use him like his body suggests and he could be like a small forward. Yeah, I, well, I think for both of them, their issues have been defence related. So hey, Ben Simmons is an elite. Um, defender, so could be a good get and a excellent kind of value to add into those two teams. We just want to see him on the court. We've got his fucking yeah. jersey hanging <laughs> up there. Well, it won't uh, be that color any any. No, it shan't. Further, but so. also those jerseys up there. Uh, one's retired. His jerseys doesn't look like that no more, and <laughs> yeah. his jersey don't look like that. And neither no do the bottom more. two down there and as well. Yeah, so. they're out of shot. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that is the NBA. <laughs> uh, yeah, look. Week by week, you just kind of follow it at this stage. Yeah. For mine, it's always been 
this time of the year, the NFL is is heating up. It's getting really serious. And then January, February roll through and you start going, all right, what's happening here? So go go back over to the West. And like you said before, we've got the two, you know, prominent teams. Far ahead, far ahead. The Jazz are looking good. Rudy Gobert putting his hand up again for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Probably the surprise of the year is, is the Memphis Grizzly. We did speak about them smoking the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, just before uh, the Clippers and Mavs. And then again, the disappointing Lakers. But speaking of disappointing and undercover disappointing, in spo- I suppose because of the smaller market, uh, the Denver Nuggets are just sitting there just below 500. After last year's efforts, you'd yeah. think that, that they would be, uh, you know, a little bit further up there. Again, it's early days. I, I, I can't Lots imagine of- them, you know, really struggling. Uh, shout out to the Timberwolves who have been really, really stinky the last few years. They're in ninth. They're in ninth. They're pushing it. Carl Anthony Towns uh, is is an elite tall. Um, so we'll just keep an eye on the NBA um, until we sort of get a little bit closer to the business end of the year, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yes. So that, I think, we'll finish up our NBA chat. It means we need to move over to the round football uh, in the soccer. And I think the big news was... Christian Ronaldo got his 800th goal. Yeah, that's right. 800. 800. 800. <laughs> I thought that's not a typo. Yeah. Uh, that is club and country. Club and country. Yeah. I, I think it was um, some footage as well came out when he got to 400 as well. And they are yes. they asked some questions like, what, what, what can you do from here? And it's just like, well, hopefully the next 400 are quicker. Like, yeah. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, been they're up. like, ha, 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 yeah. But, hey, he's done it. He's gone out there and he's, he's scored his 800th goal uh, for Man U over their win over Arsenal, um, who, you get, if you bring up the table, have kind of moved around a little bit. Oh, we'll get to EPL in a minute after we go well, through. Well, they, the they have. Did you guys see it was an interesting game against Arsenal? It was mm. it was in last week's uh, matchups, if you will, because yep. they played three days apart. Yeah. Um, but De-, De Gea got stepped on by Fred. It's always fucking oh, Fred. Don't get yeah. even started on Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he went down and then and then Arsenal banged a goal. Yeah, in, from like... And, and, and that all the United players are blowing up. Oh, our keeper is down. Our keeper is yeah, he's down. Injured. That's play on. If it's your own player yeah. that, that stepped on in, you've gone down. It's a different story. It's a different argument. Suppose it's an Arsenal player that's, you know, because that's yeah. a foul. If if, if someone oh, yeah. has, has stepped on your keeper and he goes down, that's a, that's a foul. But if it's your own player, that's play on. And the United boys were up in arms about it. Didn't cost them in the end. They came back and, and got the win uh, against the Gunners who are having their own struggles of um, – yeah, of, of their own. But uh, look, Ronaldo, 800 goals. Obviously, there's always going to be the argument, Ronaldo versus Messi. We could start our own. Well, you could start your own podcast yeah, and well, talk about it. I think but, we uh, talked a little bit last week, the award that Messi won, that Ronaldo was a little bit not happy about the, how the process of the voting for that goes. Uh, but Robert yeah. Lewandowski <laughs> should, be, should be very upset about <laughs> yeah, that. We'll get so. to Bayern in a sec. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ronaldo, he's... It's, you watch a bloke and love or hate him, you just have to appreciate that you're watching one of the best, if not the best footballers of all time. Congratulations okay. on 800. Big time, big time. Definitely. So Champions League, mm-hmm. uh, round of 16 has been decided. Uh, Monks, do you want to bring the groups up if you please? I think the big news, as we alluded to before, was Barcelona missing out for the first time since 2005. Uh, of course, so the first time they haven't had Messi in the side for them. 
It might be. It mm-hmm. might coincide with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you feel for Barcelona, the, yes. the Catalans club. You feel for Xavi, kind of, you know, given a rebuilding side. Uh, it's pretty hard to, to you know, go deep, I suppose, after losing Messi and Suarez before him. Mm-hmm. However, if you do look at that squad, they're still pretty good. Strong on paper with Memphis Depay and Sergio Busquets and and the rest of them. You'd imagine that they should have got out of that group, but Benfica get the biscuits. They go through. Uh, there was three teams to go through the group stage uh, without copying um, a loss or a draw. That being Liverpool, Ajax, and Bayern. Uh, and all the English teams uh, went through. So we mentioned Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Chelsea all go through to the round of 16. Uh, our mates, Sheriff Tiraspol, uh, they started off strong. Uh, they they just sort of missed out there in Group D, third place with seven points. Shout out to the Moldovans. Uh, far exceeded their expectations in a pretty difficult group. Uh, so well done on their Champions League debut. Um, Monks, if you have got the odds there for the whole tournament, mm-hmm. um, I, we did mention Liverpool, Ajax, Bayern not losing a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't rule out guys like City, like PSG going deep. But for me, Bayern Munich are playing unbelievable football. Robert Lewandowski, we just talked, we just spoke about him. Uh I think it's fair to say pr- probably robbed of the Ballon d'Or. Uh, I think he had something like 51 goals in, in 40 um, games in this calendar year. Yep. They made up a new award, you know, it was kind of like a, a peace <laughs> offering, I <laughs> guess. We're sorry. Yeah, award, yeah. A, a striker of the year for, for Lewandowski. Um, he's in exquisite form, um, as are that Bayern Munich team. It is, look, at the end of the day, it's football. There's, pro- there's probably six, seven teams that could win this. For mine, Bayern top that list. Monks mm-hmm. from our friends at Sportsbet, the odds, please. Well, Sean, do you want to have a pick or uh, anyone in uh, Hard to say. Uh, I do like Liverpool. I think Real Madrid mm-hmm. was still in there as well. Um, PSG still flattening around, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. There's this like they're still really great teams, sure. and that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, True. We've still got you know <laughs> sixteen yeah, exactly. So. Any one of those can win, but I think Peps has kind of said Bayern's kind of been ahead of the rest. Mm. Uh, so They're far. actually not the favourites, according They're to not. our friends at yeah. Sportsbet. Who are the favourites, Mr. Monkey? So the favourites are Man City, uh, $4. <laughs> <laughs> kind of expect that, though, I guess. Well, um, well on the way to winning another Premier League, so we'll keep talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we will talk about it in a, <laughs> that in, in a minute. I don't think that's yeah. cut and dry just yet. Not like it was last year, but it's... No, <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Thank God for that. Fuck. <laughs> It was over in week 30. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, outside of that, we've got, yeah, Bayern Munich at $4.50. Next up, we do have Liverpool at $6. Uh, PSG is $6.50 there. Um, and Chelsea is at $10, rounding out that top five. Any of those teams could win it. Like, like it's it's football. So, you know, all you need is... is 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 one game where you put it together in a in a final, but if yeah, score an early goal, hold on, and mm. hey, make it through. Did you have Ajax there? Because interesting that they didn't drop a point. Everyone always rules them out. They haven't on paper. There's no reason why they should be as good as they are. They're well coached. They're disciplined. Uh, yeah, Ajax 
be interested if they could go far. Um, they 15 bucks. 15 bucks, yep. Yeah. yeah, so just behind Chelsea. Um, and United's sitting at 15 as well, along with Real. Very interesting. Uh, that draw should probably come out this week, if not the week after. Um, be interesting to see what happens there. Let's go back to England and talk about the week that was in the EPL. The biggest story, I suppose, was West Ham. Come on, you Irons. I saw Russell Brand. He's in his West Ham shirt celebrating. <laughs> they got a win over arch rivals Chelsea. They're fourth. They're in uh, European contention. Um, they're four points ahead of Arsenal in fifth. Uh, it changed the whole dynamic because Chelsea were in one, so they dropped to three. City and Liverpool jumped them. Uh, Liverpool putting away Wolves. City putting away Watford. Yep. Uh, man, you have sort of steadily been going in the right direction. Um, they're in sixth, I believe. And Tottenham and Norwich. Uh, sorry, Tottenham defeated Norwich three zip. Um, it's weird. I get, get a little bit of an English accent <laughs> when we start talking about the. <laughs> well, you say in English Norwich. names, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, Norwich, you know, yeah. Norwich. Yeah, Russell uh, that's a bit over the top. Russell yeah. Brand. Yeah. <laughs> that's shit. Yeah, I think Newcastle uh, got their first win. Uh, yeah, as are they, well. they're still in the relegation still zone. Relegation. Still relegation, yeah. but they so, did get their first so win. Then Burnley and Norwich staring down the barrel. Could you imagine a, what, the biggest takeover in, in English uh, football history uh, in terms of uh, money spent? And imagine if they dropped out of the Premier League. That would be massive. What are the You've top five of them? What are the top five in that table? Uh, I think you ran through it, perhaps. Yeah, City, Liverpool, Liverpool, Chelsea, all very close. Then a bit of a drop down to United. Spurs, United, Arsenal, Wolves, Brighton, Aston Villa uh, round out the top ten with Leicester and Everton nipping at the heels there. Not quite at halfway yet, so there's still a lot of football. A lot of football. And and no, like you said, you know, City are in, um, you know, the number one seat. Liverpool are point behind them. So it's not kind of like last year where City just no. pulled out. Well, and Chelsea are point behind them. So those three are going to be pretty mm. competitive. Um, and then, well, hopefully some of the other guys will move in, into that kind of conversation. Uh, I know Hammers fans will definitely be hoping they can finish fourth at least this year so they can play some uh, Champions League than finishing uh, fifth like they did the year before. Yeah, it's been a long time, I reckon, since West Ham has been playing uh, mm. uh, UEFA Champions League football. We'll yeah. see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, that will wrap up our soccer chat. Um, let's yes. get into a massive final round. Ding, ding. Yep. Um, that is also <laughs> the sound for me to go uh, go for a quick wee-wee. But if you wouldn't mind just taking a look back uh, mm. at Font versus Aldo uh, UFC on ESPN, uh, quite quite an interesting card, if you would, Sean. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, and mm. the note there, plenty of upsets and finishes in this uh but not a great night for the Aussies and Kiwis, unfortunately. Um, the lightweight, there's a lightweight fight uh, with the 40-year-old Clay Guido in this. Um, he did submit his 41-year-old opponent um, <laughs> in Santos. Uh, he was actually getting punished, uh, you know, uh, pounded in the start of this this first round. But he got yeah. the submission to get the win here. Of course, yeah. his four, 37th win from 58 fights. Uh, man crazy. absolutely loves to compete in the cage. That's it. And being around a long time. And Leonardo Santos is like a known grappler or wrestler, so to be able to um, submit him out um, the way he did is pretty spectacular. 
Then there's probably a disappointing one for us Australian fans was the light heavyweight fight with Hill getting the KO over our Aussie Jimmy Crute um, in the first minute. Uh, you know, Crute stepped right into this big right hand from Hill and that was all he wrote. Um, mm. Hill did call out Paul Costa, which is kind of interesting because I think Costa's only come up once. No, he missed weight and then they had to fight at light heavyweight. That's right. Um, and then they're kind of forcing Costa to yeah. stay at light heavyweight. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Johnny Walker yeah. then in the conversation is big step up, step up I'd say for Hill both like low ranked um, in this one whereas I think those other two would be yeah. in the up around the five range um, of course big di- disappointing for Crute um, uh, mm. so John, Johnny Walker is sitting there at number 10 mm. Costa potentially not ranked but he, I think Costa yeah. would be higher than that in that division. Costa could, yeah, work his way yeah. up pretty quick. So, yeah, uh, did Johnny Walker's no no stretch. Uh, that'd make for a good fight, I think. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah, disappointing for Crew. Um, yeah, with those back-to-back losses there. Yeah. So, and I'm going to throw um, Monks on the bus before Peps gets back on. Can you say uh, Raphael's name for me? Uh, Fiziev. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did uh, defeat Riddell uh, with a wheel kick in this, interesting yeah. enough. Uh, yeah, well. Bit of an interesting character, born in Kazakhstan. You're from Kazakh, I like you. Grew up in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, and uh, then fights out of Phuket. So, yep. um, well travelled, well travelled. <laughs> what, he called out Vince Vaughn? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the post match. He seems like one of those kind of like nice guys. Like yeah. he, he doesn't really want to uh, uh, call out anyone in in the in the division. And then you c- he looked back at his team and uh, they're saying Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, and then he kind of has a laugh and he says, "I would like to fight the Vince Vaughn." <laughs> so uh, interesting character, but. It looks like he's got he's got all, cool. all that it takes. Obviously, the lightweight division is stacked at the moment. Very so it'd be interesting to see yeah. how he goes trying to ascend uh, the rankings there. So the main fight, of course, on this card was Aldo taking on Font, mm. uh, five mm. taking on four in the rankings. Uh, Font's, uh, I think, maybe a year for him that he hadn't fought. Yep. Um, this and, and Aldo's been pretty active, as Aldo does. Mm. Um, did end up being a five-round War in this with, I think, Font starting off a bit earlier in the rounds mm-hmm. and Aldo kind of got back into this fight and did win the later rounds and the classic kind of Aldo fighting in this. Um, did get the win by decision. Um, where do they go from here? I think Aldo's kind of firming himself in the conversation in the banterweight division at five. Yeah, he's. I don't know if this has been updated because it's still got Font ahead of Aldo. Yeah. Surely they switch positions. They were four mm. and five, but that top end of of bantamweight is is pretty stacked. Like you got Al Jermaine who hasn't fought for a little while. Who I think is out injured from the the Yarn fight. And I can't remember mm. who's actually stepped in to fight Yarn. Um, well, you got Dillashaw or Sanhagen. Yeah, and Dillashaw just beat Sanhagen recently beat as TJ, well. You'd, so you'd imagine. So uh, yeah, may I don't think it is, uh, or maybe Yarn doesn't have a dance partner at the moment. So you know, Aldo, Could of course, beating for Font, kind of puts himself right back in this conversation um, to have a potential fight and you know a championship title fight in a bantamweight division, um, which would be pretty impressive for him. Could you uh, imagine? Um, I think I've got. Um, I'm trying to bring up a little bit of notes here regarding Jose Aldo. He he was the champion for, what, six years? Oh, so dominant at featherweight Mm. for a very long time. Here we go. I've got it here. 
November 2010 to July 2015. Let's call that five and a half years. Yeah, that's in UC mm. as well. And because the and featherweight division was in WEC, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was the champion there for like another three years before Arguably he was bought by UFC. Yeah. So and then obviously has dropped off. Uh, had uh, some uh, classic walls against Holloway and featherweight. You know, McGregor. Got that huge knockout by McGregor. And yeah. then, um, you know, McGregor disappeared and uh, he hasn't really had a. You know, he's had multiple title fights since then, but been on the wrong end of some of the decisions. But what a story if Aldo yeah. was able to go back. Down a division. Or, well, or go and, and, and win and a title. Back, so. And go back for a title fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know how old he is? Uh, like early 30s. He's not that old, I didn't think. Yeah, I think he's 36. Yeah. I think he's 36. Because in my mind, I'm like, that dude ancient, like he held. Oh, he's been <laughs> fine for ages. Yeah, he's, he's actually not as old as yeah. you'd think. Uh, so, yeah. Big win yeah. over over Rob Font there. So um, yeah, so on that, so he jumped up to third ranked. Oh, um, so, okay. Font dropped down to fifth. I gotta hit refresh, man. Mm. I gotta hit refresh. Hit refresh, yeah. yeah. What was um? I might refresh yeah. myself now. Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's Yarn ranked currently? Oh, uh, well, sorry, no, not ranked. Uh, does he have a fight uh, currently booked for Yarn? Yes, I'm trying to look that up. So uh, Yarn, obviously the interim. Uh, champion, uh, whilst Al Jermaine gets himself ready. Well, real champ versus paper champ. So <laughs> that seems to be depends the depends on yeah. how you feel about legal knees. Uh, depends <laughs> how you feel about the UFC. Yeah. You know, Francis Ngannou apparently is is <laughs> well, not, not yeah. the champion of the heavyweight division at the moment. Uh, um, not active it, enough. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. Me. The old interim, isn't it? But doesn't look like there's anything in terms of the next fight for Jan for yeah. Either that interim belt or to um, unify the belt. Mm. Um, well, it, it's either got to be TJ or Aldo. Now they're the only two that had fights in that top five mm. with wins. Sorry, um, in that division. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, big um, one for Aldo there to keep his name in that conversation. Definitely, yeah. Um, and Font, uh, he actually fought back in May this year um, up against Cody Garbrandt. Um, he won that one. Yeah, himself has has uh, has dropped division. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so speaking Which of which. Great segue <laughs> into <laughs> UFC 269, uh, one of the most stacked cards I've seen in a long, long time. We're going to talk about the prelims, which we don't normally do that much, but there's yeah. some fucking awesome fights here on the prelims. One of them, which I don't really know too much Never. about, is Jordan Wright and Bruno Silva. They're both unranked. They're in the middleweight. Uh, but let's talk about our boy, Ty Tuivasa. AKA Bam Bam. Shui Vasa, AKA <laughs> Bam Bam. Yeah. Uh, AKA uh, Western Sydney Eshe. Uh, <laughs> I can say that because he says that about himself. He is going to take on the 11th rank Augusto Sakai, I'm going to say. Yep. Um, out of out of Brazil. Uh, probably the biggest task uh, Ty has been asked to take on. He's 15 and 3 is Augusto. He is coming off two L's though against Jazzy Rosenstrike and Alistair Overeem. Yeah, both and, in the top 10. And Ty um, coming off three wins. Uh, yeah. Most uh, recently against Greg Hardy, mm-hmm. Henry Hunsucker mm. and Stefan Struve before that. Yeah. Do you think he'd be, he'd be worried about this guy? Uh, some of his scalps include Marcin Tybura, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Arlovsky, uh, Ivanov. He's, he's yeah, beaten so, some so, big so, guys. So Ty, of course, coming you know, that three win, fight, win streak after having the loss against Junior Dos Santos, which was the big one, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately was here in Adelaide and we were there. Um, so it's also a pretty handy fighter to have. Oh a loss yeah, Junior's against. yeah, Junior yeah. like 
he he stalled um, Ty's uh, momentum definitely in in that in that one. So it is another, you know, bit of a. It's not a Junior Dos Santos stuff, but up. So I think this is probably a good fight for Tua, mm. um, and potentially push his name into that in, to get ranked essentially in the into that fifteen and especially around that ten. Um, so that, yeah, I think this will be a good one. Uh, Heavyweight, not going the distance. Um, probably done with inside one or two rounds, I'd say. Um, and we'll see who's firing off the bigger, you know, bullets or bazookas in this one. What do the bookies say, Munce? This might be kind of like following Australian cricket in that you're, you're getting <laughs> unders possibly for oh, Ty, tough, yeah. considering uh, a lot of Australians will want to throw some money at him. What do the bookies reckon? That's it. Yeah. So. Uh Ty is favourite at a dollar eighty-five. Uh, Sakai is out at a dollar ninety-five. Um, Don't like so none of that. No, oh, I would gamble on heavyweights. Mm. Um, in terms of method, maybe, maybe first round knockouts, depending. On yeah, there you go. Uh, method and round of um, victory. Uh, you've got Ty with the TKO first round at four dollars fifty. What's the odds of a shoey getting <laughs> 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 at the end of the fight? If he wins, yeah, definitely. If he wins, yeah. yeah and off camera if he loses, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does like to uh, partay, as we did see after that Greg Hardy win. Uh, so <laughs> definitely all of Western Sydney and most of Australia uh, be rooting for Ty Tuivasa in the prelims. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. then that leads us into some interesting fights in the, the, in fights, the prelims. Really. Two ranked guys and two top mm. ten uh, uh, ranked uh, fights. The first one being at bantamweight between Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz. Uh, Both really big names in the division as well. Huge, huge. Uh, it's a big fight um, for for Cruz in particular. O'Malley wants some of him. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of chat about O'Malley calling him out, and though I think they are in slightly different weight divisions. No, no, that's Cody. I'll get back to that. Uh, so Cruz and Cruz and O'Malley, of course, in the same division, and mm. O'Malley. Um, still unranked, interesting enough, and a cruise there at ten. Mm. Um, mm. I think I can't. Remember, I don't think Dominic's, Dominic's had a huge layoff. He's had three fights in the last. Well, this I think is his third fight in the last two years after his long break um, due uh, to injuries. Two, he's had two fights. Yeah, no, that's what I said. This will be his third. One. Third? Oh, this will be third. All right, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, but you know. Cruz has an elite record. He he's been on the mic essentially for most of the UFC cards as well, mm-hmm. um, doing that rounds. But Pedro Mernes is another really great fighter um, in in the bantamweight division. Uh, again, a hard one to to tip. I really I like Cruz and especially his you know battles with uh, Araya Fabia uh, back in the day and the kind of his dominant run in the division and being the champion for a very long time. Uh, before mm. actually losing it to Cody, he's coming up on this card. He's lost. Uh, he's lost two fights. Yeah. He's ranked ten and he's lost two fights. Yeah, so long layoffs and long breaks in between has mm. probably been his downfall. And mm. he's getting a bit older. Mm. Uh, but I really like Cruz, so we'll see how he goes. Moving into the mm. last prelim, we have Josh Emmett and Dan Ige. Uh, this is seven versus nine in lightweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmett is sixteen and two. He's coming off a three win streak. Ige, on the other hand, coming off the loss to the Korean Zombie, both very talented, uh, possibly too talented for an undercard or a prelim. Um, do we like anyone here? I think pretty similar, hard to split. Yeah, again, hard, mm. to, very closely match up in this one. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't give it either way. I can't, you know, I I really like the Korean Zombie. Um, 
Ige losing, of course, that really doesn't help his chances. So, yeah, not so sure. We've got Tech Dan. We're at the Gabba. We're <laughs> there's no Schnicko. No Schnicko. No. Uh, so, the, well, well, we know off the top of our heads, the first one on the main card is Sean, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yep. Uh, obviously, getting a main card probably out of his social media presence. His yeah, he's a name. Like, he's, he's a, a big name. name. Everyone knows name. about him. A bloke that probably isn't a name uh, so much is the guy that he's fighting in Rulian Paiva. Paiva is a Brazilian. Don't know too much about him. Uh, Sugar Sean, he, he says he's the unranked champ. He says he has no losses. Uh, his record <laughs> would suggest one. Uh, I think he gets the job done here. Yeah, you... He's definitely super talented, and like we were saying before, he's been calling out um, specifically Cruz and Cody in this, and mm-hmm. Cody mm. will get to his fight in a minute. Um, he's actually gone down a division, so I'm not sure how that's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have you know, had that chat. So whether that's O'Malley maybe looking past his opponent, he's really struggled to get a ranked opponent, which is interesting. Um, what? So him and like Dana must have the hots for Sean O'Malley. Well, they're, they're definitely trying to build him up and trying to put him in that, you know, title picture and, uh, like, I don't want to say protect him as well, but also people, I think, are aware of his talents. Sure. Mm. Sure. Well, I don't want to say they're ducking him, but they're definitely like, well, I've I've got other matchups I want to focus on. Mm. And especially since he's unranked, really doesn't help his case either. So If he wins this, he has to be ranked possibly as high as 10. What would you think? Yeah, well, put him in the 15 yeah. to start with. Like, yeah, he's... If he gets another I think win, I, I personally, yeah. I think he's better than that. I, yeah. I think he well, he's got, he's got all the put momentum. him in the ranking. Like, yeah. 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 If he gets another win, put him in the ranking. He's got a ton of momentum behind him. He has to... Mm. Yeah. And he's going to keep on getting fired. He needs so. that number against his name so he can then force these other blokes ahead of him to say, hey, well, I'm ranked now. Let's let's have that com- that competition, that fight. So. A massively talented. Uh, we'll see a lot more of Sugar. Sean O'Malley does have to mm. get the win here first. Uh, so... Keep that in mind. Uh, going forward, uh, we've got uh, in the bantamweight, uh, we did speak at length about Cody Garbrandt coming down uh, to take... Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's come down from bantamweight Fly, to, to flyweight. Fly excuse yes, me. I was confirming. Yeah, he's come uh, down. So he's gone from 135 to 125. To take on... Which is quite uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, he's, he's taking on uh, France in this one. Mm. Uh, the Kaikara. Kaikara. Uh, yeah, um, he fights out of the same gym as all the other Dan Hooker and Izzy, etc. Mm, so yeah. pretty talented gym. Um, Volk as well, like his yeah, very talented gym <laughs> over there. Uh, but Cody, it'd be interesting to see him coming down. That he's definitely a lot taller than um, Francis in this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm. I think the talent wise is so different. I think um, Francis what been two and two. I think he's been lost win, lost win in his last four. So yeah, correct. Um, and he takes on Cody. He's an absolute. You know, killer. He's got uh, dynamite in his hands. So mm. I don't know for this one. I don't like his chances. I think Cody's going to be heavy favorite. Cody's favorite, but not that heavy. Dollar sixty five for Cody Garbrandt. Kyle Cara mm. France at two dollars eighteen. Hard Reckon. to split him, uh, but yeah, yeah, Cody. Cody and his experience and and coming down. You you'd think. Well, he's a, he's a top five fighter yeah. in the bantamweight division, and he's coming down to where's uh, well, that's it. France ranked six. 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 So, well, I guess he's ranked pretty high in the flyweight. So, I guess that's fair comparison then of mm. a guy that's about fifth coming down to five or six. So, yeah, I, I don't think know. A little bit's about 
Cody being able to cut to that weight as well. Well, yeah, has to, yeah, always, always plays a difference. He'll look you know, very trim, and they've got weigh-ins. Of course, will be tomorrow our time. Mm. So by the time this party's out, they probably would have weighed in and had their uh, presses today. A few words exchanged, nothing yeah. too uh, remarkable no. there. Uh, no. You know what's a weird one, boys? The uh, third from last fight here being uh, in welterweights, Jeff mm. Neal taking on, uh, and forgive me if I fuck this one up, Santiago Pozinibio. Um, Who are they? Yeah, both well, <laughs> both very low ranked welterweights. I think we've got there. What are they? Thirteen and fourteen or something. Uh, twelve. T- Neil's twelve and Ponsonibio is uh, fourteen. Uh, yeah, I don't know too much about these guys. But I imagine you guys are, are pretty similar. Yeah, it's mm. a couple of years ago. I'd say this is probably a prelim fight. But that's an interesting point there that you make, Sean. Yeah. I think the UFC and Dana, in all of his wisdom, is starting to go. Ah, maybe we need to get a few big names on these prelims to get people in early to get them out of their their pre drinks. Uh, you know, to get them out of the hotel room and down into the arena and put on some really big fights in the prelim. We well, saw it at UFC two six eight with with some of the you know the more fancied guys going off a little bit earlier, and then you know a, a little bit of a you know, lesser known guys into the title yeah, fights. Well, I think it's very deliberate. Yeah, and if you just look at boxing or ca- the Canelo box, the pay-per-view, you know, there was no one in, there was four fights on that card, there was barely anyone in the stadium for mm. the first three, and then it was packed for Canelo. So that visual, yeah. and if you're trying to, you know, sell um, sponsorships, advertisement, etc., doing business as Dana likes to do, yeah. uh, you a full cra- full stadium for the entire pay-per-view uh, looks a lot very good, especially if you get guys in there for prelims. So yeah, having a couple names in the prelims, guys that are you know have big names or their rankings are in that ten range, mm. definitely draws in the yeah. crowd. Um, so you've and then you've got your early guys to kick off the pay-per-view, so people are in their seats ready for it. Then you've got some filler in the middle there to again get you ready for the, <laughs> the climax that is the t- two title fights in this one. So, yeah, yeah. I can't really say too much. Um, I haven't really been Neil. too active over the last couple of years either. They've only had no. one yeah. or two fights between yeah. them. Have you got w- what they're coming off or any records or anything there? Yeah, so um, for Jeff Neal, he is coming off a two, 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 losses. two losses. Wonder Wonder Boy? Yep, one to one a boy, one to nil. Yeah, it makes absolutely Magni. no sense why there's cards on your pay per view. Yeah, um, it's a head scratcher. And that's over the last two years, so he's only fought once. Well, you got Amelie, the big years. name. You got a pretty good fight there with Cody coming down to take on France, which is be high ranked for the flyweight division. Um, mm. Put a bit of filler in there. That's your drinks break. Um, uh, <laughs> go to the bathroom, and then you come back, and you've got Nunes going to come out and and murder the Pene in this one. So mm. yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. You <laughs> so, did. You, you did uh, mention about uh, Ponzinibbio. He's on a, a pretty yeah, good run, isn't before, he? Before you get to your next note. So, yeah, he's he's one-on-one. Um, he has been active this year. So he fought at the start of this year against Li Jingliang. Um, he lost that one. Oh, um, that, uh, Qatar, um, Holloway, Holloway. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, and then he did win and get fight of the night um, mm. against Miguel Bezier back in June on the Rosenstrike and Sakai. So you do got to remember the other side of it. They got to build up future stars. Yeah. So um, Neil may potentially here being thrown to the wolves a little bit with a future star coming through. 
um, and hey, get him on here. Potentially, yeah, he gets knocked out, um, and you've got another guy with lots of eyes on him being mm. on the pay per view, mm. and they're like, oh, he's interesting. Like, he's like coming when, into the world. world like world. when Masvidal was coming up, yeah. you know, sort of out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, knocking blokes out left, right, and center. Yeah, you, you got to build up future stars because there is turnover in the sport. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even before that, over the last couple of years, going back to 2015, he's got like fight of the nights and performance of the nights mm. as well here or there yeah. scattered around. So, um, yeah, definitely, I guess got that style of fight. He's got uh, some wing nuts on him. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's yeah. under, he's undefeated in the ears um, category. So yeah, yeah, we may have to post this to our socials. Uh, <laughs> look, I may not say it to him face to face. This is coming from a guy that really uh, had to grow into his own ears uh, coming up as a youngster. I think we all did. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, wing nuts and with a bit of cauliflower. Um, he looks. He looks. They're out there. Looks kind of scary. <laughs> kind of scary. Argentinian. He gets you know, a few channels. Don't see too uh, many Argentinians in the UFC. Uh, so that'll be an interesting yeah. one, uh, I suppose, between two not as well-known names uh, on this main card. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of well-known names, Amanda Nunes. Uh, she's going to take on Juliana Pena. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think we all kind of see eye to eye here. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, Let's hope our insurance and health policies up yeah, to date. Yeah, doing a pray. Uh, pray for Pena, um, Amanda Nunes. I think she's the undisputed female goat. Um, it does seem like a lamb going to the wolves. Pena is two and two in her yeah. last four. She's lost the win, lost third, win. third ranked uh, in this division. Uh, Nunes obviously just murders anyone that she goes up against. Um, the counter argument, I suppose, and I was meant, I was talking to you guys about a pre-show, was when Holly Holm fought Ronda Rousey. No one expected her to kick her in the face and and knock her out and yeah. knock off at mm. the time the best female fighter of all time. Sean, you quickly um, reminded me that that Holly Holm was on a nine win streak at that yeah, she time. Had a, a big boxing background, kickboxing mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like a nine fight win streak um, made it 10 knocking out Ronda. So a little bit of a different situation than a uh, bird coming in at two and two. Um, and, you know, not really in the same conversation as what Nunes is, but Nunes has murdered everyone else in this division. She's a goat. So. She's yeah, cy- Cyborg doesn't compare. She's uh, just Ra- fight Rousey Val- doesn't compare anymore. They just fight it's Valentino. Um, she's just going to go to yeah, the Yeah, that, that'd just be nice, that but, but, that's hard, but that's really hard on Shevchenko to try and come up and, and fight fight Nunes at, at that weight. But um, They've done it before. Yeah, yeah. That's all, that's, that's yeah it. Look, that's probably that's the only fight moving forward that makes sense. Yeah. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. You, they you, should do that at least once a year. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you, 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 you never know. Pena could catch her. Uh, the odds on this one, uh, obviously, uh, far in 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 the goat's favour. In Amanda Nunes, she is a dollar and ten cents. Uh, Juliana Pena at six dollars. Uh, you'd imagine this to go one way, wouldn't you, boys? Monks, anything yep. to add? No, nothing really to add to that. Um, 
Yeah, pretty much said it all. <laughs> How do you make goats? Yeah, they sound like sheep, wouldn't they? Yeah, a bit that's horrible. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close enough. Anyways, uh, I'm sorry, Amanda. Don't bash me up. <laughs> uh, into the 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 co-main event. Uh, um, two, we've talked about how killer this division is. Yeah, two two, two title uh, fights in this UFC two six nine. Charles Oliveira takes on Dustin Poirier. Uh, a mm. long uh, awaited matchup here. Uh, Poirier has been doing everything in his power to get this fight. He's on a nine-win streak. Uh, he hasn't lost in four years. And uh, mm. in that time, there's been one fight, one that's gone the distance. That was the Tony Ferguson. So he's finished eight guys in that nine-win streak. Um, that is Oliveira. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's right. No, I just <laughs> realized. I did just realize. Uh, Dustin, on the other hand, he's eight of his last nine. His only loss was to Khabib's, which yeah. everyone in, in this mm. division essentially has lost to. Yep. Uh, pretty handy uh, list of scalps there Conor McGregor, Dan Hooker, Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. A, a scintillating matchup. Uh, Poirier has been doing everything right, but mm. Oliveira is the champ for a reason. Yep. Does this get taken away from him on Saturday night, do you think? Yeah, well, I've been back in Poirier for a long time, as you're probably well aware, lads. Yep. Um, so, and I, I still think he's, um, how would you say it? He's the veteran presence in the division, essentially. He's done it there. He's fought all the big names. He's beaten a yeah. lot of them as well. Um, you know, Khabib was Khabib and just took it to him. Uh, but he's, he's he's the complete package, really. And Oliveira, you know, had that really bad first round against uh, Michael Chan, and as a lot of people do with him throwing bombs at you. Mm-hmm. But got himself back into that fight and really showed some heart to win it. But mm. I think Poria might be just a step ahead of him uh, currently in their careers. Um, I really would like to see Oliveira kind of take that that step and this be an excellent, absolute war when the two two of them kind mm. of in their prime kind of compete in this. But yeah, for mine, I've, I've got Dustin slightly ahead. Um, and I think it's a long time coming that he'll finally be crowned as the, the champion of the lightweight division. The bookies tend to agree with you. It's unusual to see the challenger at a dollar fifty six going up against the champion Oliveira at two thirty three. Mm. If you're a betting man, I don't know about those odds. Uh, but definitely as a fight fan you can uh, appreciate uh, the you know the build up going into this lightweight championship. Monks, you got anything to add? Do you, do you lean one way? I I, yeah. I tend to it's, agree with you, Sean, but I'm I'm not I'm not sold. I don't, I don't want to pick it, one here. I'm sitting on the oh, fence. I'm sitting on the fence. Fight. It's a hard one. I think those odds sort of reflect the names that Dustin has um, fought recently, but not necessarily the um, form of those fighters. Like Connor is a great fighter, mm-hmm. but. Arguably, you wouldn't say that he was all that great against Dustin. Like, no, well, Dustin, talk it to him. The other point is Dustin dominated him twice. So, and also kind of yeah. broke. Like, he went into that fight with a broken leg, yeah. and it kind of finished on a bit of a technicality. Yeah. So, who yeah. kno- who knows what happens there? That's it. Uh, so one like, first one convincingly. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Um, and Dan Hooker. I'll, I'll back Dan Hooker every day of the week, but still, he's just not at that level yet. So. 
But he also it's, it's dominated just so Shia hard. Dan Hooker. So yeah, like, yeah, true. It's just he, he showed like my point of being a, that veteran presence is like I am a step above you. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I get like, that. Hey, you're a young kid. You know, you still got shit to learn. Um, yeah, but yeah. then how does he go against Oliveira, who is he is a champion? Well, but so I think that's just why I, it's just really hard for me to be able to pick one way or the other. It's just yes, Dustin has dominated in his fights, but yeah, it's against a fading Connor and a. And Dan yeah. Hooker, yeah. who's still got a lot to. Oh well, the, the, learn the light, yeah, the lightweight division is excellent that. though. Mm. So, mm. yeah, you know, whoever whoever wins this has probably got Gagey next. So, and that's still going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, so. he's looking red hot, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, um, absolute that's chin it. on him. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, I mentioned the odds there. Um, mm. Excellent fight card. I've got to play. Oh, definitely cricket on Sunday, <laughs> but <laughs> they're. Definitely, uh, there definitely will You're be. You're going to miss the Ashes and UFC? Well, A, <laughs> the Ashes isn't going to day five. <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, but yeah, the radio will be on loud, that is for sure. Maybe, maybe might have to forfeit cricket. <laughs> no, fuck that, I love it. Uh, the other news in the fighting world is that Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury is off. Yep. Tyrone Woodley steps when, in. When was that? That was coming up, wasn't it? It was a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I think it's it only in, only two weeks. Yeah, yeah, two right. weeks away. Um, Tommy uh, got on socials and said he's had a chest infection. Sounds like the COVID. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine he would have been tested for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, he said he was coughing up all kinds of phlegm. Yeah. Jake, uh, on the other hand, you know, getting on his socials as he does, uh, yeah. saying uh, Tommy's got a case of vaginitis. Um, <laughs> slightly sexist there, I think, Jake. <laughs> um, but uh, he, Jake did give props to Tyrone Woodley, saying he had balls to take this fight on short notice and yep. even offered a $500,000 payout if Tyrone uh, can knock Jake out. It's a bit of a chance. It's a bit of a shame, I should say, because I thought Tommy Fury had a really good chance of touching up Jake. Up and coming boxer, definitely. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm. brother of of the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is going to be a lot of media attention and money and noise, perhaps mm. more so than a boxing spectacle. Yeah, are you guys looking forward to it? I'd be. And this goes back to the point I was saying way earlier about, you know, you learn a lot in a loss. And I think Woodley would have learned a lot in that of like, you know, Jack didn't really challenge me too much with his power. I got through that mm. and I wasn't active enough. So whether he just comes out and was like, fuck it, let's, you know, I'll get an extra 500k and knock him out. Let's, let's throw caution in the wind and actually go out there and throw a lot more volume mm. than he did in the first fight. That's what I want to see. Mm. Uh, in which case, maybe yeah. we'll see Jake in a bit more trouble and then see how that kind of goes. So, I think Tyron was too careful in the first one. So that's my thoughts. I'd like mm. to see him come out, be more active, more volume, and he potentially that gets him the win. Um, but either way, like it's we're talking about Jake Paul fighting Tyron Woodley again. So seems like not long. Do, do we remember when they f- was it August? It was before lockdown for us. So yeah, so they first fought um, yeah, July? a second ago, um, 29th of August. And they are actually fighting next weekend, eighteenth oh. of December. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yep. Roughly around the eighteenth. Very um, short turnaround there. Yeah. Also on that card, uh, Frank Gore up against Dion Deron Williams. Yes, I did see that. Um, yes, ex NFL player there. Mm-hmm. 
That's what Frank Gore's been doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's getting into boxing, bro. That motherfucker don't age. <laughs> no, not at all. He don't yeah. age. Right. Uh, F1. Yes, yes, F1. Peppy, do you need to take a pee break? I just <laughs> went, actually. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you got any beers back out there? Yeah, well, I, no, think no, no, I think we're all out. I think we're out. I've got nothing else alcoholic, unfortunately. Uh, but let's let's get drunk on the F1. Uh, we've been talking about <laughs> it. a long time for me. <laughs> Uh, we talk about uh, it in a little bit in the intro. Uh, we need to cover last week's race, uh, which was in Saudi, the Saudi GP. Mm. Um, mm. Ended Lots up being uh, not a shit show, but it was crazy to say the least. Um, it was red flag twice. Uh, so Schumacher had the first crash um, into the crypto.com sign, getting them lots of publicity. Um, <laughs> like, like they needed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mercedes pit under the safety car, but Max stayed out. Uh, then the red, um, the race was red flagged, so Max took the lead. Um, on the restart, Max cuts the first corner to get the lead from Hamilton, but then Leclerc and Perez have their big crash in the background, um, which took out them, uh, which took out three drivers, uh, which led to another red flag. So we had three restarts in this race. Um, uh, upon uh, so following that, that following restart, I think Max. Um, Took Hamilton in that corner and then Ocon. Uh, well, so yeah, so I had the restart Ocon. Yeah. No, so leading into that, sorry, uh, from that cutoff of the last corner, they agreed, which was interesting. They had the, the comms back and forth with the teams. They agreed yeah. with the FIA to give the position back. So Ocon would start first, uh, Hamilton was second, and Max was third. Yeah, it was real, from what I heard, it was real weird. It was sort of like the FIA, Michael Massey was like, all right, well, we can give you this position or we can do this sort of stuff. It yeah, wasn't we'll like, give you a penalty. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to tell you to do this. You're not going to follow my instructions. Like, yeah. we can we can work this out in some yeah, sort we'll of way. Yeah, we'll negotiate this. It just sounded really weird. Yeah, but I guess it was fair racing, uh, maybe. Uh, either way, either way, it restarted with uh, Max in third, uh, but he did do a quick dive um, in the inside to take the lead from the first corner from the other two. Yeah, um, good start. Yeah, and puts uh, Hamilton back behind Ocon, uh, but it didn't take very long. A couple laps later, Hamilton had Ocon, and then we're back to them being one and two, um, and this is only the first 20 laps of this race already. Uh, <laughs> there was a bunch of virtual safety cars as well to clean up debris because of all these crashes and all the shit happening. Mm. Um so by lap 37, Lewis uh, almost gets the lead. Uh, he forces Max wide and Max kind of slides out, which kicks Lewis um, uh, you know, through the corner. They both couldn't make that corner. Uh, from that, Red Bull tells Max to give the position, and this is kind of where the madness happens. Uh, Red Bull tells Max to give the position back to Lewis. Not yeah. sure if Mercedes communicated that properly to Lewis. Well, again, it was sort of – it was all that – FIA and the stewards, like from what we could hear on the radios, was somehow Red Bull got the message first to let Lewis through. Yep. And then Mercedes never got or didn't get their call in time. Yeah. And I so think Michael Massa was said, I can only push buttons so fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so it. So, the race director, that is. I mean, I don't know how it works from week to week, but you'd think you'd tell the team that's going to be able to overtake, you'd tell them first so they have the opportunity to. Or then can watch out for the yeah, car in front of him slowing He's going to move across where be aware of it, yeah. Yeah, but it just seems like they've, I don't know how it happened, but they got all the communications mixed up. Well, um, it, it was also odd on the racetrack because Max 
in my opinion, gave him a plenty of room. He stayed outside and then kind of worked his way in. He did. But Lewis also took forever to potentially make his mind up. And um, in the end, what yeah. happened is Lewis, Max Lowe's right down and then Lewis ends up hitting him in the back because he hasn't gone around him. Mm. Um, where they, Lewis thought maybe there was another virtual safety car and he got confused with that and then we had to slow down. But generally, the guy in front of you goes slower, you take him over. So yeah, um, I don't know whether there was some other chat there because Max also was trying to do it very strategically uh, where yep. he would then get the DRS, take him back over straight away and then um, maintain the lead. That's it. So um, again, playing into that that as well, like Lewis would want to make sure that he stays behind Verstappen so that he keeps the DRS. Yeah, but if, he, if they hadn't communicated quickly enough, how did he know about it? So I, it's odd yeah. to me well, that Lewis he didn't take him over. That's why he would have stayed behind and not overtake him. Yeah, but only if he knew was the position was being given to him. But if he didn't know that, which is what they said they did, then why didn't he just take him over? Like, it, it, yeah, you see... it's Yeah, it's strange. For, for all tens of purposes, Max's car could have been broken. Because Lewis doesn't know. So why doesn't Lewis yeah. go around him? Like it, does, it doesn't make any sense to me in my mind. So my thinking is maybe Lewis got confused with virtual safety car or not. Then no one was like, why is Max slowing down? Do I need to slow down as well? And they just, tri- again, tripped over each other in the height of, <laughs> height of battle. Very lucky Lewis only had minor damage to his front wing, which potentially mm. made his car faster anyway. Um, and Max, uh, lucky he did not get any punches on the back of his tyres, but both, by all accounts, yeah. had horizontal lines in them. Um so following on from that, uh, lap 43, Max did actually give the position back, um, but then he picked that spot back up straight away using that DRS tactic that we mentioned before. Uh, but in the end, it didn't last very long. Uh, Lewis uh, did get him at the end of that lap 43, um, and Max really couldn't attack back with his tyres being damaged from that initial crash and had to make it to the end of the race. So Lewis did win. Um, of the 50-lap race. He did get the fastest lap as well, which then Mm. tied the championship at 369.5 points uh, (laughs) for the two of them. Uh, Which is wild, going into the last race, for them to be on the exact exact same points. It's nuts. So uh, the other... News Bottas did a job as well, finishing third. He did get a very late overtake of Ocon, um, finishing, you know, point one of a second of yep. head mm. of him. It was the um, last corner. Yeah, last <laughs> on the straight. Absolutely pipped him. Pipped him. Um, yep. You know, he had a, some funny socials about Fast and Furious and you know, the moniker you know, joke going around, <laughs> so it was good chat. Um, our boy good, Bra- good movies, the first two of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> A bit more realistic. Uh, <laughs> Ricardo finished fifth what, for our su- lads. Su- submarines chasing cars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the ice is yes. realistic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And going at roughly the same speeds across the same sort of distance. Or runways that never ends. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Hey, they're entertaining. Uh, um, the first two were, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, So. Shout out to Eva Mendes. Yeah. So that leads us into uh, the Abu Dhabi race, which is on in two days. Uh, yep. uh, P1 and P2 first two practice sessions um, completed or P2 is probably underway currently as we talk P2 starts in 17 minutes yeah. um, so and of course qualifying P3 and qualifying tomorrow um, yep. I think by all accounts um, Verstappen was putting up Fastest times in P1. Yeah. Um, not that it means too much. Yeah, I saw, I saw some of the numbers. I think Hamilton was like uh, two tenths behind. Like they're still pretty mm. close. Um, I think the construction championship potentially still up um, for grabs. Mercedes have got a 30 point lead though. So they'd need significant uh, injuries mm. to uh, their cars for Red Bull to, to steal that back. Yeah, um, you'd probably almost want 
need the cars to yeah. score points. And yeah, both the NS and one has two to be for one Red two Bull. Yeah. Red Bull, yeah. So looking likely, Mercedes will win the construction championship, which is probably fair. They've had the best car all oh. year, you'd say. The last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I guess the question is, who do you think is going to win this championship with those two um, there tied on points? Do you have a favourite going into this race? Well, as me as the unqualified dribbler in terms of F1, what were you boys talking about pre-show in back in the <laughs> 90s? Didn't Senna take out um, Prost to, to win one? It, yeah. Could that yep. possibly be on the card? Well, I think that's that's kind of the conversation for the scenarios. And amongst you might need to find some rules for us of potential how the winner... Like a countback kind of system. Yeah, like. so you know, whoever finishes ahead of the other... Doesn't matter where they are, we'll win. Of course, of course. Um, if oh, well, actually, if they finish outside the top ten, both of them won't score points. And that, what does it go back to there? Yeah, so and or if they both don't finish, they of course don't score points. So I think from memory it goes back to GPs one, yeah, where Max is one ahead currently, Correct. nine and eight. Ah, um, yep. uh, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. I was looking at that. I think you're right, yeah. nine and eight. Yeah, yeah that's so it. so Max is would win on that account, and then as Pep's kind of alluded to. Potentially, Max crashes into Lewis on the first corner, takes them both out. <laughs> he still wins uh, based on that technicality. I think that's the understanding of the wo- the rules. Um, so Which literally happened in 1990 for, for our um, <laughs> less versed F1 yeah. listeners. As per yep. myself, I didn't know that. But uh, yeah. yeah, Art and Senna took out Elaine Prost. Yeah. A lot of games have not a lot of sportsmanship. In no, very little, very little. I thought there might have been some hands <laughs> thrown. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, Prost took it very. Uh, very gentlemanly. I don't yeah. think that's a yeah. word, but anyway. Yeah. So, well, of I think course, it's been a bit case, of chat that. In that case, I think even before the race had started, everyone knew what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been some chat one. about that in this week, but... Um, I'd love to see it. As a, ca- as a very casual F1 fan, to see that happen in the first corner and, and Max just take out... Yeah. Max, just go, yeah, you know what, Lewis? <laughs> you've, you've had yours, mate. You've had yours. Let me have one. Bang, take him out. Yeah, Big well, good viewing, I reckon. The, the, there's been the, the jokes floating around that Mick Schumacher would take out Lewis some point in the race so that um, his father's record would stay in place uh, of most <laughs> one wins. Um, so Lewis wouldn't take that. But Avenge the guard. Yeah, but... What we really want to see is... More, more realistically. Yeah, you want to see a full race, them being competitive, fighting up mm. every corner, wheel to wheel. That's yep. what everyone wants to see. Mm-hmm. Um, they have tripped over themselves a bit. Twice this year, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. I'd say Max has probably been the better driver this year, but Lewis has the better car. I think that's kind of yeah. where we're at this point in the season. Um, yep. I was actually having a look at when, we'll, um, when it was up before. They've changed the layout of the circuit a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. lot more long winding, sorry, long corners as opposed to like those yeah, short fast corners. corners. So yeah. that actually probably leads into Mercedes' hands a little bit. Um, they've definitely got the faster car on the straights. So long one, yeah, yeah. long winding corners is probably. Plays but Red Bull then also have the better downforce traditionally. So yeah, but that that's probably be better corners. for the slower, the more tighter corners, yeah, I guess. Um, anyway, Max has been uh, really fast like that. Um, the Saudi GP that that race course yeah. was very much. Mm. Uh, High high pace course, mm. uh, Lewis did end up winning that effectively with a you know, five second lead, I think, over yeah. Max. But hey, it's they're going to be close throughout. I'd say they're probably going to qualify one two. Um, mm. yeah, it'll be a pretty interesting race, which I think is early morning for us 
on Monday. Um, How good that all comes mm. down to this, uh, you know, all of the speculation around the season. Is it a two-horse race? Yes, yes. it is. Uh, <laughs> that was made pretty clear pretty early on, but the fact for it to go right down to the wire with both of them even mm, points, exactly. uh, yeah. it brings in the casual viewer like myself uh, to have a little bit of intrigue around this race going, oh, wow, and it all, it all comes down to this. Well, um, I think – so uh, I think definitely – well, they'll be one and two. We've got to figure out the order. I'm pretty sure Bottas <laughs> is locked into third. Yeah, he will, he will get third. Uh, and yep. I think Perez yep. is probably um, potentially fighting uh, maybe Lando there for, for fourth um, based on the standing. So there could be some changes there. Uh, uh, Leclerc um, brought himself up, but there's a clear gap between... So, so Bottas will finish third, yep. the Perez top, will finish fourth. Top yeah. four are set. Yep. Um, Leclerc and Norris um, have yeah. a fight out um, for fifth place there. Yeah, and then I think in the constructors, um, Mercedes, like we think, is probably saying that up. Red Bull will be second, Ferrari will be third, and McLaren will be fourth. Very good mm. off the top of your head there. That is the order. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, they've kind of c- cemented their spots with their differences there. So, yeah, all, well, all to play for for the cha- Drivers' Championship um, for a potential winner uh, in the last race of the season. We love to see it go all the way to the end in a long season. I think 22 races in total. Yes, I believe so, 22. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. And a fair few um, uh, tracks getting their first run this year. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see there. Uh, Abu Dhabi obviously holding uh, the the ultimate event this weekend. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I guess our final note and a little finish up with more motorsports. We mentioned Bathurst last week. Uh, it was a pretty good event over the weekend, the six-hour-long race. Uh, um, went re- actually really down to the wire with everyone basically on the lead lap uh, to finish off the race. Um, uh, Shane Van Gisberg and his tandem with um, Garth Tander. There yep. you go. Mm-hmm. Uh had a battle at the end there with Chas Mostert and uh, Lee Holdsworth. 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 Uh, I was going to say Longsworth. I was like, it's not that. No, <laughs> it's not <laughs> L somewhere. And it's uh, so Lee Holdsworth, who um, they both uh, had been bridesmaids and also um, uh, had a bit of a Chaz had had a bit of a curse on him at mm-hmm. the mountain. Yeah, a couple being, of times. Being, being favorite, being favorite in the lead and then having car failures. Mm. Uh, but it was SVG that had the unfortunate go chasing yeah, um, try Chaz down with the tire blowout with a couple laps to go poor fella they race yeah. for what six and a bit hours and van gisberg blows a tire yeah. uh yeah. Ch- trying to chase him yeah. down uh kind of pretty much took him out oh, of, big time. of uh of any contention and uh and chas mustard uh you know the favorite going into it yeah uh, he's his he first win on the, on the on the his mountain first win on the mountain yeah and walters um they finished second for the second year in a row as well they yep. Um, bridesmaids, of course. Yep. Um, and uh, Kostecki and Russell finishing in third. Uh, it was a bit of a, a send-off, wasn't it? Uh, Scott Morrison there to send away Craig Lowndes? Uh, no, well, Craig had um, Wink Up. Wink uh, Up. Wink Up. Wink Up retired. Actually made it in the Hall of Fame um, mm-hmm. for, for the supercars as well. It was a bit of an event as around the Gen 3 cars that we were talking about with the Camaro and the Mustang, the new ones, and they had a big event for them. But I don't believe they actually come into effect next season. It's the following year, 2023, that they're going to actually run uh, those cars. Right. So I think they've built, the say, the two prototypes and then they're going to give them all to the teams and then build their cars for the mm-hmm. following year. So yep. probably another year of holding them forward next year by all accounts. But the Camaro looks tasty. Um, the Mustang, they look very quick. Mm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what that turns into. 
um, supercars in uh, 2023. And that'll wrap yeah. us up on the Esky. Uh, thanks for listening uh, to any viewers that have made it through three and a half hours of this <laughs> dribble. Yes. Uh, as per mentioned at the start of the show, if you'd like this contact, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Check us out on Instagram. We will be getting a Facebook going up uh, over the Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the uh, the last two days of a, an interesting Ashes test um, coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the final F1 Nine race, race, UFC 269, plenty going on. NFL, NBA, as always, Champions League. And Sam Kerr, hopefully, to drop another <laughs> fake Javo motherfucker. Yes. That would be great. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Gotcha.